I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode 17, another episode of A Gay and His NB. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you've been waiting for all of our opinions of all things Bravo slash Peacock, but really Bravo, um, you're going to get them all right here. Uh, and we're so excited to talk about everything that's going on. What are we talking about this episode, babe? Um, well, we are going to talk about um, the continued craziness going on oh. at Vandy Pump Rules. Vandy? Did I say Vandy Pump Rules? Vandy Pump Rules. Vandy Pump Rules. Uh, Vander Pump Rules. Um, we're going to you know, head on over to Thailand for some more of this Ultimate Girls trip, yes. which is developing beautifully, by oh, the way. Yes, yes, yes. This is a good um, And our favorite person, Pepsi. Um, not our favorite beverage. Not our but favorite, favorite beverage. Person. Favorite, favorite person, though. Um, but before we get to all of that, we're going to go up and hang out with the ladies and the men in New Jersey. Oh, God, this episode of Jersey. <laughs> uh, I think we tweeted about it on our Twitter account, but like, we, were, we have been so like, Teresa's doing great, guys. This, we're, we've, it's been. What fourteen? We're in thir- season thirteen. It's been thirteen seasons of like dealing with like Teresa's craziness, but that she's finally gonna grow and and develop and like that we're witnessing it and it's in its early stages and like. Okay. Look, it's not the first time we've been proven drastically I, wrong on this. It podcast. feels like it's like <laughs> it gets so it's like dangled in front of us and it's just like we'll, we'll get. We'll get to it. It's complicated. Um, but uh, we're waking up at the Jersey Shore from uh, the night before. Um, we see at one point Rachel like look at the remnants of John Fuda's chest after getting whacked. Which she was talking. She was saying that like they were literally like they were waxing over parts that they had already waxed, and so it was like literally just like pulling skin. These men don't know what they're doing. So, uh, it. Uh, straight men are are hurting me, <laughs> and I feel like that's straight. Gonna, and that's gonna be with a theme ac- across this and Vanderpump Rules later. Straight. Well, <laughs> straight. I okay. I uh, we, we if you haven't listened to our, we kind of get a discussion about like what straight men really are like in in our last episode. Go check that out. <laughs> okay, it's one thing to find your romantic relationships with other men. Um, as, as a straight man, but I feel like some of these men, especially on this show, be fucking, eh, maybe not fucking, but like some petting. I look, we saw Frank Catania's ass out last season. Remember that there, there have been moments that suggest a certain level of physical intimacy and that is all I will say. Yeah. So um, they're, uh, we're at Melissa. Well, everyone's kind of at their, their shore houses that they're staying at having breakfast. And so we're, we're going kind of like back and forth, back and forth. Um, they t- at, uh, Margaret and Melissa and uh, uh, Jackie are together. And they're talking about Jennifer and Bill both getting really drunk at the party the night before. Jackie makes a comment about, I don't think they can be around each other unless they're wasted, which like, Again, this cycle of, like, Jackie making these, like, mean girl comments that are just, like, so unlike her and, like, like, and also the fact that, like, we'll talk to it later, that, that, like, Jennifer, like, confided in Jackie the night before. Like, yeah, maybe don't say something like that to, like, people who hate her. I, it's, yeah. 
um, they're talking about they're having brunch uh, at the Fuda house uh, later. Also, the fact they're, they're having Fuda at with the, the Fuda. Yeah, it's right there, guys. They they. they we can't write this shit for you. You guys Look, have to. My comedy is not like um super like deep and like esoteric. No, it's like right on the surface. It's yeah. right there, like easy pickings. Um, yeah, yeah, and like so. Also, the fact that this whole ep- now that I think about it, this whole episode is just them waking up and having breakfast, and then this brunch. That's the entire fucking episode, by the way, which is like crazy. Um. So, and the, the topic again comes up about Danielle's brother and like whether she's telling the whole story or not. Again, I do. I think there's more. Yes. I think Danielle would probably even acknowledge that there's more, but like, it's not that the, the inherent idea that she's hiding something seems not, not correctly placed. Yeah. It just, it, I, I don't see it. Um, and Danielle at Teresa and Jennifer's is like talking about like sort of Rachel bone collecting quote unquote to Margaret about what they talked about and how she's pissed about it. And basically says like, I'm painted as being the only one conversating. We, she loves that word conversating. We'll get to later. Um, and that like, it was, it was a mutual thing and it wasn't just me like, you know, trying to talk shit on Margaret or whatever. And she's spinning it as that. Um, so, we also, the topic of, again, Melissa's mother and the whole wedding stuff comes up. Right. And we find out that Melissa actually blew up at the end of the party. And we didn't see footage of it until now where Melissa is, like, yelling, I think, at Margaret or something about how, like, my mother's been nothing but good to her, blah, 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 all that. Um, and so uh, they basically tell, Margaret tells them about how Louie apologized to um, Melissa's mom and invited her to the wedding and all that stuff. And Joe Benigno, Margaret's uh, husband, basically says that it's Louis does it to make himself look good. And then this topic comes up again about like Louis only doing stuff to save face and to look good in the public eye, etc. Now, could that be the case? I think it's possible. I think by the time we get to the end of the episode, I think that's a po- definitely a possibility. I also think that's a real cop out to a certain extent. I also yeah. think like I hate th- we talked about it earlier with like their t- thoughts on Teresa. It's like uh, I get that if you see certain things, but like when you just sort of do the blanket term of like anything this person does that is good must be for superficial reasons and for, you know, not good reasons and therefore I can't accept it. I think again, if you're looking, if you're looking to repair a relationship, if you're looking to be good, if you're looking to like get to a better place as a family, you that is a terrible standard to set. Like, yeah. it's just like no one again, no well, one and, can do anything, and nobody is that. Um, well, very few people are that black and white. Yeah, most people are shades of gray. So, like, to assume that someone's always in that mode. And everything that they do is motivated by that. It's could very it, rare. If, if, if it's to make him and Teresa look good, maybe it's also to make them look good. So it will allow you to put your guards down for a moment to actually have a conversation. Because it seems like everyone's guard is up and everyone is just accusing each other of everything. And so intense in their feelings, rightfully so maybe. 
but that no one's willing to listen to each other. And so maybe if it's for any nefarious reason, maybe it's to lower that guard. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what I think. But then we get into, so the producer asked Joe in his confessional, like, did something happen between you and Louie to make you feel this way? And he basically says, yes. And then we go over to Teresa's house and they're kind of asking similar questions. And Teresa is like, I didn't want to say this, but now that things are in the place they are, I might as well say it. That the reason Joe and Louie don't like each other is because of a business deal that got, that went bad, basically. So... I wonder when this confessional was filmed. My My reason being is because they... Clearly, like, in the way that we see it as an audience, we see the, I didn't want to mention it, but I'm going to mention it because things are where they are. Yeah. But then we see a scene where they're openly talking about it on camera. Well, they mentioned, Teresa's bringing it up at the Shore House. My question is that when Joe talks about his side in the confessional, he's saying, well, if Teresa's talking about it, I might as well talk about it. So is that, the, is that a producer told him that? Or is that now with the events of like the season done, he knows this? Right, but also why in confessional is Teresa saying, well, I didn't want to bring this up, so, but I'm going to have to now. Like she's I, think making... I think that might be the producer being like, talk as if you're in current voice. I mean, I guess that, but it, that does happen, but it, it gives a, an, a false impression that she's making the decision. You know what I mean? In the shore because, house, I say that because in the shore house, she, you like, she's literally going, um, she's doing the like stammered, uh, of like, should I say this? Whether it's performative or not, like. Sure, but I didn't think that things were at the point by this moment in the episode or even by the end of the episode. I didn't think we were at the point where you would start airing this dirty laundry. That, that's, a good, that's a good point. Like, to me, it seems like the airing of this dirty laundry is what got you to the point that you're at. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, that's a good question. I think that might maybe someone can answer, but like, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, it's like they put the cart first and then go, well, why is there a horse there? And then you go, okay, well, I guess there's a horse there now. Sure. I, that was a weird, but you know what I mean? No, I know. Um, but the basically, so what from Teresa's side of things was that they basically wanted to do this pizza oven business essentially. And Joe had the idea for it and brought it to Louie. Um, and they agreed on it. And Louie, According to Teresa, Louis put down 250K for the business in terms of starting everything. And that when uh, Louis talked with his lawyers, obviously, and all that stuff and whatever, and they brought the deal to Joe, they offered Joe 5% in the business. And Joe got pissed about it and was like, no, I want 50%. Which, if based off of what they're... And, and so, so that's what Teresa's saying. Joe basically says that um, this all happened... Louis put down 250k. The way Joe was saying it, I thought was odd. Of like, he was like, yeah, 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 let me cover it. Like as he was saying it in a tone as if like Louis was like jumping over him to cover it, and Joe was like, fine. But which, that's kind of supported. So the 
I don't feel like he's contradicting anything because at the time, uh, uh, Teresa and Louie are both talking about, well, this is right when he's trying to come in to the, like, to get into this new family and all of that stuff, which makes me think that this is literally at the beginning of their relationship. It seemed like it. And so why, why do you... I I wish I could get into a brand new friendship relate or like family relationship with someone, and, and then put down two hundred fifty k that I can just lose on a business deal, and that's fine. Well, well when based on what Louis's job allegedly is, which what is that again? You, if Jen Shaw could explain it, um, how do you make your money? Yeah. What do you do successfully? But also, Joe, I mean, Joe's also, I, th- the problem of where this, I don't know necessarily where to believe right now is that Joe also has a history. Allegedly, allegedly don't sue me. Um, of, Having a little bit of shadiness in in terms of business. Even if you and, don't want to say shadiness, he has a history of not doing well in businesses. Sure. Like, he's failed several times. Remember the pizza restaurant? Remember or, the garbage collecting truck? Yeah. Or whatever that was? Remember, yeah. you know, there's Melissa's some, music but career? But there there's some shady <laughs> stuff about the houses, though, too, that he, like, and his, and that vibe. Like, so, like... I don't know. I, it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility because also I feel like the idea, I'm not a business person, but if somebody is like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll put down 250 K. Like, I feel like if you're knowing you want to be a 50, 50 partner, if you're knowing like, wouldn't you match it? Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say like, I don't, let's do half and half. I don't let's- think that that's necessary. So here's the thing. I would say you make back your investment and then everything after that's 50, 50. Right, 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 right. Because I, because but the way Teresa's telling things, I agree in the sense of like if Louis's the only one putting down two hundred fifty k, and that's the only money being put down, the idea that both of them would get fifty percent is ridiculous. You would only get like five percent for the intellectual property, and then you know. Well, but I think that the whole point is that Louis would not be involved in the business. The whole point was he was trying. Joey was trying to do something with Teresa. And have them have right. a project so, that was the two of them that they could repair things over. And so, and so to that point, Joe's side of the added side that Joe adds is that it was supposed to be Nono's Pizza or whatever, like mm-hmm. it was in tribute to their dad or whatever, and that he had got a text message from his nephew. His nephew, I want to say, I, I One think of, so. Someone basically being like, "Did you see what ter- the photo shoot that Teresa and Louie already did?" Because he. Because Joey said that he was getting his nephew into the business, right. into the business as part of it, right? And basically, that he had photos or something from a photo shoot or some something to show that they had bought the pizza boxes already with a different name, with the picture of Teresa, pizza. with a picture of Teresa and her girls on it. Yeah, which I feel like that's provable. If if like. If, the, if that comes up show at the, me the I need to see that photo at the end of the day. Because that's like cut and dry. Yeah, show me. Because if you're making that order, you have a, a proof. You have a, um, a, a something that the manufacturer of those boxes sent you to approve. Yeah, but that's even on Teresa's end. And Teresa doesn't have to prove that thing. But it, the nephew was the, the nephew, one that placed the order. Oh, was that what it was? Yes. The nephew was handling the ordering of the boxes, and that's why he brought it to Joey and said, hey, have you seen the the boxes that we ordered? Yeah. 
Yeah, he should have a receipt on that or something. Well, he should have boxes and because they boxes. ordered the boxes. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's where I'm like, I need to see the evidence, and I feel like layer side lends more to you should have the physical evidence to prove this versus Teresa's and Louis, which is just like this is what the conversation was, right? We, you know, which is hard to prove. Also, I'd like to see whatever contract with Louis says his con his lawyers. Drew Maybe up. that's the closest thing to like an, a physical piece of proof. You know. Um, but then t- they're talking about this. And Melissa's crying at the storehouse about it all. You know. Something. Something. Um, then we go to Rachel setting up for the party. Um, and Well, th- th- I thought that they said like a brunch, but it's just a party. <laughs> it's not really a brunch. Yeah. They had like steaks that they were like sucking bone marrow out of. Those steaks looked like something from the Flintstones. Yeah. Like giant like. I don't get the appeal. I don't get it. Well, I can't eat beef anyway. I I have gout for anyone who doesn't know, so I can't eat red meat. Sure. So it just looked like a bunch of nope to me. But also she has, again, like Teresa had the fucking mermaid in the bubble in her pool, and now Rachel has a full mermaid in a seashell. What is with this? Like this? Why? And she looked familiar. At first I thought it was the same girl, the dancer from the bubble, but it wasn't because they did a flashback. But this girl looks familiar. I swear we've seen her on our TVs I, before. I don't think you're wrong, but I can't, I can't pinpoint it. Yeah. It's, um, so, yeah, they're talking um, as, as people are starting to arrive to the party. Jackie is basically telling, kind of telling the group what Jennifer had told her the night before about Bill and saying that Jennifer's basically trying to be tough, but not, she's not really happy with Bill. And about like the whole like issues that they're having parenting and stuff like that. And Dolores, and she's saying, telling this to the group that Dolores is involved in. And Dolores is feeling bad about for Jennifer, you know, even though they've had their issues. And it's talking about how like, you know, she said she basically says like, even if I have like, if, even if we're friends and we have a major falling out, there's still going to be an aspect of me that still really cares for you at the end of the day. I don't fully cut off people in that regard. And that makes me hopeful. Like, this is why I like Dolores. Like, Dolores yeah. is, like, you know... A, and, and she said that, like, she really loves Jennifer and Bill as a couple, so she doesn't want to see them divorce or have any, like, major issue. You know, so I like that. Um, so, the Joe and some of the other guys are talking, and they're both... They're all bringing up this video that apparently Louie posted on his like, Instagram, I want to say, or something. Like, his social media... With him and Bill Aiden and Nate, Danielle's husband, mm-hmm. um, basically being like, like, and it's because Louis into all this like therapy, like motivational, like, you know, uh-huh. vibe. And he's like, we had this great conversation about forgiveness or whatever the fuck. And Joe is like making fun of him for it and is like, you know, teach your fiance about forgiveness, essentially. Um, and then they make their own video mocking it, which like, <sighs> to me, that that statement, teach your fiance about forgiveness, indicates that she needs to forgive him for something, which means he did something. So what'd you do, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Joe doesn't think these com- th- think these comments through sometimes, much no. like Teresa. Spoiler <laughs> alert as we get to the end. They're the same fucking person. Yeah. Um uh Dolores also then t- uh tells the group about like the whole stuff with Teresa and Melissa's mom and what Teresa was saying about how she felt like, you know, inviting the mom would mean I would have to invite the sisters and stuff like that. And I have the issue with the sisters, um, et cetera. Marge, 
Margaret is like not buying anything. He's like, that's not an acceptable excuse. You know, when it comes to, you know, everyone needs to own their part. And Jen Fessler goes, what did you say? And Jen, this is why I like Jen Fessler. Like the fact that Jen Fessler is willing to like respectfully, not like in like a shady way, but like kind of like hold Margaret to account when Margaret's the one that brought her into the group. Like, yeah, I like her. Um, we didn't really talk about her appearance on Watch What Happens Live like a couple weeks ago where she kind of fully admitted she was on Ozempic. We, well, she didn't say specifically she was on Ozempic. She, yeah. There's also a report, like, from my research, she may be on the, like, the, this, the distilled version that doesn't affect people with diabetes getting it. Yeah, but I, I, I just feel like if you're using uh, parts to make, like, if you need, you know, this size of wheel to make wheelchairs for disabled people and you're instead using those wheels to make, to make something else, um, then it's just as bad as taking the wheelchairs because you're making it so that you can't make the wheelchairs. Yeah. I, 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 it's not the greatest. I, I, you know, people should not be taking Ozempic if you're not on don't have diabetes. But like part of me was also like, good on her for owning it like as blatantly as she was i mean when we eventually get to beverly hills when it airs when we're gonna have to suffer through 20 episodes of kyle making us believe that it was all just healthy eating and and exercise as to why she lost all this weight and not ozempic i because that's going to happen you know that's gonna happen how many montages are we gonna have her with you know doing those little five pound hand weights yeah 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 like you know what's gonna happen in like drinking smoothies. We're gonna get like at least five throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can bet money on it right now. Yeah, and like, uh, oh, well, so oh, so Jennifer arrives. Um, Margaret makes a comment or confessor of like, I'll probably, you know, I gotta stay away because I'll probably catch on fire from the polyester that she's wearing. I one, I thought Jennifer looked great. Two. Also, Marge is wearing a fucking tank top and shorts. Fuck off. Also, she's saying this in her confessional, wearing this, like, feathered, like, it, you know that really bad Teresa look from, like, season three in her confessional that was, like, the feathers that were, like, it looked like she was, like, pluming or something, like, in this, like, weird, like, it was <laughs> no, giving but- that vibe, but in white. And it was. I liked what Margaret was wearing. Oh, in the you confessional. did. Yeah, it was like the the ruffles that was like up over the, and then like the. Yeah, yeah. I liked that. Do we stay around? Paulie's not there at the at the brunch because his blood pressure is still really high from the surgery and and the stuff with his heart and all that stuff and can't be there, and so people were asking about it. Um, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer has a nice conversation with Dolores and basically said, let's grab food sometime to sort of like mm-hmm. work on things. I lo- like, I do want their friendship to get back together. Yeah. I actually thought Dolores last season was really good in terms of a, like an ear when Jennifer was having the initial issues about the bills affair coming out. And like that conversation that they had in Jennifer's house, I thought was re- one of the best scenes of the season. Like, yeah. So I think Dolores and her could get on a better place. And I, and I, and I'm excited to see that. Um, and so Mark or Danielle and Margaret are talking by like the bar and they're kind of in the, like, it's kind of a conversation of just like, so should we go to the side and talk? Because clearly we both are annoyed with each other. It's like, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Uh, so they go to the side and Margaret, um, 
you know, is saying that she's upset about what she heard that Danielle said about how she has an arsenal. And she, um, she and also she says, like, even Margaret herself says, like, you know, at the baseball game, you said, I don't want to worry about you coming for me. And then you're going to Rachel and you said Margaret has an arsenal. To me, that's not her talking behind your back then. If she went to you at the baseball game in the locker room and was just like, you know, I hear things and this and this and tells you essentially what Jennifer and Teresa told you to your face. And then she's talking about it with it, she. We kind of had this discussion of like, it's not really talking behind your back. To me, it's not the talking behind the back. To me, it is the characterization as if, number one, that is true. And number two, that she is a bad person for it. Sure. Like, and, and we kind of dispute the second part. Like, I, I think... I think that there is a difference between saying you will defend yourself when someone comes for you. Um, and instead characterizing it as you will go after people for no good goddamn reason, which I don't think that that's accurate with Margaret. I feel like any move she makes, she feels like is justified, whether it necessarily is or not is up for debate. Right. um, Because that sort of thing is always going to be up for debate. But I think that she never makes a move against somebody that she doesn't feel justified in that move. Sure. But then again, does Jennifer, like, cause, and we'll get to, because I feel like that was the theme of this episode and what I settled on, which was just like, everyone is accusing the other person of doing something to them that they in turn are also doing to the other person and, and they're justifying it in their head. Like, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because to me, like Jennifer in her head probably thinks when she's doing it that she's justified. So it's like, I just, it, it gets frustrating as a viewer. Because I'm like, I understand like people not seeing the forest through the trees in regular life. But when you're watching it from outside lenses of the viewer, I'm just like, you're all fucking wrong. Like, yeah. you're, like just like, I shut mean, up. <laughs> like, I mean, Andy has got more feisty lately. Maybe he'll call that shit out at the reunion. Maybe yeah. he'll be like, look, you're all hypocrites. Yeah. Can we just stop? Exactly. Can we? That, and I feel like that's hurting the show in a sense. Yeah. That like, it, because there's such lines and because there's like, Again, it's everyone's accusing everyone of the same thing. Well, and, and we can't move past it because no one gets on the same page. No one can resolve anything because no one will accept that they could be wrong about something. Yeah. And so Daniel, Danielle's point is essentially like, you know, yes, I talked, you know, what we talked with Rachel, but it wasn't, it was being casted by Rachel to you as if I was saying it in this like catty way and that I was saying it also, she didn't really say this, but I feel like her point was also like, that I was saying this definitively. Like I was, I got the sense from that conversation with Rachel that she was like, this is what I've been hearing almost in a way to be like, have you, what's your vibe on Margaret? So I can like, I'm new to this. We're both new to this group. Like, let's like, you know, compare notes, I guess, so to speak. And right. I think that was Daniel's point. And maybe it was, and you, we've talked about this offline, obviously. Um, but, um, my thought with that was if that was your motivation, I would think that the way you would phrase that would be something more like, this is what I've heard. Have you also heard that? Yeah. Or what have you heard about Margaret? Because I've heard this. Instead, what she said was, you should watch out for Margaret which is a bit of advice 
based on something I believe to be true. Here's the thing I believe to be true. I got it from them. Does that make that to me characterizes that differently? That is not fishing for whether you got that information right. as well. That is instead going, this is a bad person. Look out for them. This is the people that told me this is a bad person. And I also think her point, I from what I remember from the conversation, Danielle was also like, this is what she did to Jennifer last season, which she did. Like, and then this, and she also presented like the stuff with Teresa and the Louis stuff. So I think she was just like also saying like, this is what they've told me. But then there's also these moments last season that could lend to that. And so that's where I'm having the conflict. Sure. That and if not, maybe they had that had that discussion on camera, that would have been great. But Margaret, they didn't because Margaret, nobody wants to break the fourth wall. Well, yeah, because Margaret brings up the point of like, you're, you can't go around saying stuff that's like, um, um, what's the word when you hear it from a third person? Um, hearsay? Hearsay. You can't go around saying stuff that's hearsay. And I think her point, like, in the, yes, it's hearsay if she just brought up that. But if she's connecting it to these two other events, that's where it's kind of different, I think, to a certain extent. But uh, Danielle brings Rachel in being, like, upset at Rachel of, like, I feel like you cast our conversation a different way to Margaret. And, you know, we were just conversating, and Margaret's like, conversating conversation's not a word. And she's uh, like... To quote the lovely Jujubee, um, just say talk. Just say talk. Well, and she does say talk, because she's like, look, we were coffee talking. We were doing coffee talk. <laughs> coffee talk in the boutique. And then <laughs> Margaret still insists on going... Yeah, conversing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Danielle was mad at Rachel, and she was like, you know, you were in there with Margaret going, eh, eh, and she was making, like, dolphin noises at one point. Yeah, that was, I was really confused. I was like, this is a lot. Danielle is a very, like, classic, jer- like, Jersey Shore Jersey of just, yeah. Like, rapid fire quick um and which just, is weird because she's not even from, from jersey she's the one from staten island, staten island yeah. right? um so danielle and uh rachel both basically think each other is throwing the other under the bus <laughs> again ev- everyone thinks that everyone's doing the same thing to the other also, person also where are all these buses coming from so many buses new jersey is not that big of a state y'all <laughs> like you don't need that big of a transport system you're good yeah uh, Dolores and Jackie are talking about Frank and how Frank, w- Frank is feeling. And Jackie's like, you know, I'm a friend of Frank as well. So I'm just worried or whatever. And I'd like the point Dolores made in her confessional of just like, you know, let's, uh, let's not as much worry about Frank. Let's worry about putting Paul on a pedestal because that's what you bitches have been wanting for me for a long fucking time. And in that sense, she has a point there season after season. It was like, Dolores, when are you going to find a man? When are you going to find someone who's going to be loved with, et cetera. And it's like, now it's like, Oh, but Frank, like, it's like, I can understand the frustration of that, of your, of your friend group. Sure. Like, my my issue is the same as it's always been, is that you don't have to tear someone down to lift someone else up. Sure. You don't have to exclude Frank in order to include Polly. Yeah, I get that. And so Jen Fessler uh, is talking to uh, Teresa and Louie, and is she kind of is commending Louie on, like, the night before about what, she, uh, you know, how he was kind of playing peacemaker and sort of, like, helping things. And Louie... Louis, talk, I don't think he's mentioned this before, but that he basically he talks about how he like lost years with his sister because of toxic relationships in his past, um, which we, they talked a little bit last season about some of his toxic 
past relationships, you know, and, you know, we don't have to relitigate that, obviously, but it's because it's a lot. Um, but I thought that was an interesting point. Um, you know, Teresa, and then it's also saying, like, you know, if Joe would have just called me and said, hey, I'm upset about you not inviting Miss Melissa's mom, then I would have just invited her. Like, he didn't have to, like, make this big spectacle of it. He's making a mountain out of a molehole. And she didn't even say out of. She said mountain into a molehole. Oh, that's even worse. That's even worse. It's like you got the direction wrong and you got the word wrong. Yeah. So Teresa's real great with metaphors, even when she's the one trying to make them. Yeah. And so, so Louis decides that he wants to pull Melissa to the side to sort of talk to her and sort of like about the whole mother situation. Here we go. Yeah. And Here we go. The other girls are are talking, and like Jackie brings up something about like Melissa feeling sad or whatever, and uh, and that he, she was crying. Teresa literally, as if it was in like a comic, in a comedy, like just pukes her pukes her head around and is like, "What's everyone saying?" <laughs> like it was so like the timing of it was like almost slapstick. Yeah. It was it was really good. Um, and so they're talking, and then also Dan, as this is happening. Danielle also decides that she's fed up as well about everyone sort of like talking behind her back about her brothers and that stuff and confronts Jackie particularly and, and Margaret as well. And, uh, you know, and, and this was ja- Jackie was being like, well, we don't believe it's the whole story, you know, and we know you have something, just say what it is. And it's like, Oh God, like th- it's like, like there's a way to say that that's not accusatory. And I think that that's, I think that that is her whole issue with it. It's like, you could ask that and say, hey, this doesn't make sense to us. Can you explain this yes. to us again? So, like, because we're not understanding. Yeah, it's like. Like, we're just not understanding why this rose to this level. And, you know, maybe, you know, if there's nothing else to it, there's nothing else to it. And it just doesn't make sense. But, you know, we'd like to understand if that's possible. Instead, they say, no, you had to do something. You must have fucked up. You must have done this thing. And especially when Danielle's so new to the group. Like, it's not like there's this, like, established hatred for her, warranted hatred for her. Yeah. Other than maybe the fact that she's friends, she was brought in by Teresa and and Jennifer. That's, like, that's, you know, that's the only reason why that group would have that issue. And I saw on, like, some interview, Jackie was defending herself about it, being like, the idea that you come on a reality show with this baggage and you don't expect people to ask questions. Yes, you can ask, ask questions. questions, but that's not what you're doing. You're not asking questions. You're accusing her. You're and and you're talking behind her back. Yeah, and you're gossiping. That's not asking her questions. I don't even see a problem with the gossiping. I I have a problem with the. It, I only have a problem with the characterization of you must have done something wrong. You have to be the bad guy. Right. But my point of like it until this point in this episode. They've had like three or four episodes of Jackie, Margaret, Melissa, all that discussing that there must be something more without ever talking to her about it. Right. And that's, and it's like, why are you, I can understand why Danielle's pissed and I can understand why it feels, I hate the term, feels mean girlish and like that. And she gets pissed about it and she storms off and Margaret thinks it's ridiculous that she stormed off and that, you know, she can't handle the heat or whatever. And then, Margaret makes this comment in her confessional. Again, not the best thing to say. Maybe I'll talk to your brother and sister-in-law. 
maybe they would like to tell me some stories about you so I can put in my arsenal. And I get she's joking. But again, that's not the thing to say if you're mad about being accused of this. Yeah. It's like, come on, Margaret. Um, yeah, and, and Teresa, like, Danielle storms out, and Teresa is just right onto the, like, talking about the Melissa stuff. Like, not even acknowledging that Danielle left is just, like, it's, it's just, like, the whiplash of it. Um, and then Teresa, so, yeah, so, the, I th- oh, yeah, this was the part. Teresa then tries to go over to join Melissa and Louie in this conversation. And Louie basically is like, I didn't like this. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I get Louie's point. Like, Louie was, Louie's basically telling Teresa to stop and that it's just between him and Melissa and that he's trying to get into a good place with her and that it's just, he's basically kind of saying but not saying, you're going to fuck this up, which he's not technically wrong. But I do, you were pointing out the way in which he was saying it. Right. The way he was saying it, the way he was coming off was very, it, it, it felt icky to me. It felt controlling. It felt like, it it did not feel like the Louis that we've had presented to us the last two seasons. Yeah. So I, it, I think, yeah. I think a lot of people had some, I saw a lot of people have similar issues at the reunion last year when like, he kind of is like getting in her ear and being like, you need to stop. See, I thought that was fine. I felt that was like supportive coaching, but some people, I think people from outside lenses could look at that and see and think it's abusive. I can understand that, but Again, I think, but I think Teresa that, is not, is the kind of person where it takes a lot, a little bit of controlling. And I, I'm not saying, and I think yeah. that I, I understand what you mean. Like she's someone who's kind of wild. If when you left don't to tell, her own if you devices. don't get her to stop, she's going to burn everything in her wake. Um, I think the better the better way to phrase it instead of controlling is maybe she needs tempering. There, there you go. That's yeah. She needs someone who can balance her who can help bring her back down to earth, who can ground her. Yeah. Um, and I think that if all you were seeing was what we had seen up to the point of the reunion last year, I think characterizing that as abusive is grossly out of character. Right. And that's like reaching to the umpteenth degree, right? That's this- so far out. But when you pair that with, this scene it gave me those vibes and i didn't like it and i felt like i felt like it was maybe it's just vibes maybe it's just like he's coming off poorly in this situation yeah and doesn't know how and to it's not it. and it's not indicative of the whole thing and he's just trying to he knows that if he's not very careful, things will explode in his face, and he doesn't want that to happen. I'm trying to give him every benefit of the doubt because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want that for Teresa. No, exactly. So I hope that this is just a moment of you handled this wrong. And it was overwhelming the situation. Like right. that, that could be it. Because at this core of it, I agree with what he's saying to her. Yeah, because spoiler alert, it would have fucked it up if she was in the conversation because she ends up being in it. Um, well, and then also, so Teresa then goes back to the other group 
and is talking about it. And this is where things went. Like, I was like, oh, no, Teresa, no. My perfect image of you. She's like, yeah, Joe and Melissa, they need to get into therapy like I am, et cetera, or whatever. You know, we all know Melissa has daddy issues. And, and, then, and not then, even being quiet about it. Like, well, also, because Melissa can hear her. Can she? Because yes, she doesn't. She seem, reacts to her. Does she? Yes. I, I feel like she would have reacted way more strongly. Because at like, this point, like right after Teresa leaves, Joe walks in. And then Louis invites him to join the conversation, which I felt weird after just saying, no, you need to leave to the other volatile brother That's or fair. sister. Now the volatile brother gets to be in the conversation. Sure. But I thought, th- I don't think Melissa heard it because I feel like. No, if- she did because she was looking at Teresa. I feel like if she heard it, she would have charged. I, that may have been editing. But like if she would have heard maybe. it, if she would have heard it, I feel like she would have charged across the fucking thing like, but it didn't seem like Teresa was being quiet and they weren't that far that's, apart yeah but it seems like melissa didn't hear it and no one brought it up to melissa which i thought like was that also backyard odd. was not that big like they were like maybe 12 feet from each other it was it was confusing to me but like so Teresa says you know we all know melissa has daddy issues and jackie like uh, like goes and then like just the Teresa immediately turns and goes shut the fuck up jackie <laughs> <laughs> Which also, like, Jackie, really? You're appalled at the atrociousness of what was just uttered? Which, yeah, but I mean... It, After the shit you've done, said this season? Well, Absolutely I, I not. I think this is particularly bad. Here's the thing. Even on its own, Teresa's saying that Melissa has daddy issues when, for, for people that don't know, it's been talked about on the show, Teresa, or Melissa's dad died in a car crash when she was young. Like, they were it, very, very close. Yeah, like, so it's a, it's a dramatic loss, too. And, like, so even that on its own, it's one thing. Like, it's not the, it's not the right way to say it. But she's weaponizing it. It's not the right way to say it, but it'd be, it would be one thing. But then we go to her confessional, and she's like, you know, they had a lot of issues. The dad and the mom had a lot of issues. Her dad was cheating on her mom. And, and I was like, oh, my God, stop talking. Stop talking. What are you doing? Also, I just, I, I hate the phrase of the dad and the mom. Like, that to me seems dehumanizing. I, I don't know why. It just, no, it, I agree it's with icky. You. I don't like it. But it was like, why are you saying this right now? This just makes you look, even if this wasn't Teresa, someone saying this, would be, that would be terrible. Like, yeah, this wh- is it. It was not good. It was it was not good at and all. And then it gets crazier. So then, so as you mentioned, Joe and Melissa are now talking to Louis, and Louis is trying to like confide in Joe, and it's trying to like show that like he's a good guy, whatever. And then he makes this comment of like, at this point, Melissa's not there. No, Melissa is there. Oh, Melissa okay. heard it. It makes the comment of, you know, I because you know. Like I wear your dad's pajamas to make your girls, fe- your nieces feel safe. I, uh, 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 uh. so I, uh, I'm trying to make excuses, maybe, and maybe excuses, but I, we, I was saying this, and you disagree with me, I know, but like, I don't think it's necessarily weird on its own. I think it's weird he said this to Joe. Like, but also Teresa's now claiming that they, these were pajamas her dad didn't even wear. So here's the thing. If these were just pajamas that were around the house and Louie was looking for pajamas to wear <laughs> and Teresa was like, 
Here, these are some old pajamas of my dad's. Wear these. And then he wore them, and it was fine. It wasn't a big deal. But the way he's characterizing it is as if he goes, you know, I really want to make Teresa and these girls feel safe. I know. I'll wear Nona's pajamas. I think Teresa gave... That is weird. I think Teresa gave them to him. But, like... Like, using them... As a means to the ends, that's what's weird to me. Yeah. But then come to find out they weren't even... They were like new pajamas They were that new pajamas wore. that he had never worn, which means they aren't any different than just going to Target and getting a new set of pajamas. Yeah. it's I, Like, so they aren't Nono's pajamas. They so were it's even pajamas, weirder that he brought it up. They like, were pajamas that were in Nono's drawer. Yeah. That was it. It's like, I... <sighs> I, I I love Jen Fessler on the after show when they were basically being told about this and Jen like he brought that up unprompted like like it wasn't like so, someone asked him about it he just brought that up okay yeah that it was ugh. it was oh Louis I want to like you so bad this is not a good episode for Louis no um so and then Ter- so then Teresa then comes into the conversation and now it's all four of them. And they try, Louis tries to suggest the whole hold the pillow to talk thing, which like didn't, they just do, don't do. No, Melissa's not here for this part. No, she is though. She is. Cause then, so then Teresa brings up the whole, I wish you guys would have stand up for me more against Margaret. And then Melissa then fires back with, you didn't stand up for Joe over Jennifer. when oh, Jennifer yeah. was calling him a bitch boy. And like, you know, again, so it's like, again, you're both accusing each other of the same fucking thing to each other, and you're both somewhat valid. I think to Melissa may be a little more valid, but like somewhat valid. And then Teresa then storms off. And I just said, this is why you need therapy. We'll get to it. Like, I, I commend Louis for what he's doing and what he's trying to do. But also, Louis is not a therapist. Yeah. Louis is not a, like a registered therapist. But when nobody will go to therapy. That's the problem. They, all, they only have him to do that. He's the only one willing to make a conclusion because none of them are willing to go to group therapy. It's like people that go to, it, and Teresa falls into this category. It's like people who go to like three to four sessions of therapy and they go, I've learned everything. I know everything about psychology. And now I'm going to diagnose everyone around me with narcissism. Um and cut everybody out of my life. Um, spoiler alert, we have someone like that in our, our life, and <laughs> it wasn't great uh, when that happened. Um, so, yeah, like, you can't just go to three, like, sessions of therapy, and then you're an expert. That's not how this works. No. These people are doctors. They have doctorate degrees. And they also, go to college for years. But also, Louis, Louis is the only one trying but also when you're now involved in it in terms of this whole pizza oven shit, like yeah. it's not it muddies the waters to where you can't like You can't be objective. Yeah. And he's trying. He is really trying to be objective. But then he makes like these backhanded comments that clearly he's not objective. Well, that's the thing. Like, so I I forgot how it happened. Like, I think the whole bitch boy comment from last year came up and Joe now, Joe and Melissa now both storm off. And Louis makes a comment of like, she called you a bitch boy and you're playing it real well. And I'm like, Louis, stop. 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 stop." I think Louis was just like, it was almost bipolar in the sense of him like being wanting, like, like being the therapist and then making these comments and then being the therapist and then saying that he's going to punch Joe in the face. <laughs> the asshole jumped out and it jumped back. Yeah. In. It's like, I think it was, he was just so fucking overwhelmed that yeah. it was like, he didn't know which way to go. Like, um, and then, 
but well, and then also like Margaret comes over now at this point and about the like Teresa again is emphasizing that like Melissa should have told you to shut the fuck up or whatever. And she's saying it not in a way of like you need to shut the fuck up now. She's like saying it almost as a friend. Like you should have been <laughs> like you, my friend, right now. Last year, my sister-in-law should have told you to shut the fuck up. It was weird. Yeah, it was really weird. And so Margaret's over there talking, and then... But then Louis gets upset at Teresa. And Louis... This where I agreed with Louis. Where it's like, he, she, he's telling her, like, you're not listening. And she's like, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm listening. And she's like, he's like, no, you're not. I know... He's basically like, I know you think you are listening right now, but that is not what listening is. Like, you're not hearing anyone and and he literally calls it out he's like you're literally the same person you're so both so stubborn it's so fucking true though it's that like that is so fucking true it's uh um and then so melissa and joe are trying to leave (laughs) i hate when this happens in life they're trying (laughs) to leave you either forget something or like you are blocked in and you have to go back into the place that you just just stormed out of (laughs) they just had this fucking screaming match like like volatile like boil over and now joe then has to come back and go hey louie can you move your call and louie's like yeah no problem man like (laughs) like like, nothing happened oh i love it but then joe looks over at the couch and then he goes Hey, why are you sitting with Margaret? And then Joe's. Being I thought she was the one that broke up, and I get it. I get why, because literally get it, they I, literally just were fighting three point two seconds ago about how they sided with Margaret and that tore their family apart. And now he comes back in, and Margaret's all buddy buddy with yeah. Teresa, like that wasn't a problem. So it. you could be buddy buddy with Teresa, but you can't be buddy buddy with your brother. Well, yes, but I think he's doing. He's correct, but he's doing it in such an obnoxious way that it's. Like, it's Joey. It's everything's obnoxious, and and like they're like I can't like either Louis tries to hug him to like get him to go the other way, or Joey does it, and then like they're like, "What are you gonna like?" It gets like almost they, physical. Well, they played it in, and I, I feel like the, the um the trailer for the episode it was and like for they were the about season, to punch each other. They they played it up in that way. I don't think if you watch the scene unfold without having seen that, I don't think that it's colored that way. Sure. I think that having the fourth, the forethought, the foreknowledge of that coming up colored that interaction in a way that it wouldn't have otherwise watching it alone. Yeah. So, and then Louis says under his breath that he was going to punch Joe in the face, but then the, he's at the car with Melissa and Joe trying to be like, guys, we got to get to a better place, etc. The weddings in like, However many days. The wedding is in. He kept changing the. It was like 40. It, and was, then it, four, was, it was 40 and then 31 and then 28 all in the same afternoon. This is the longest party that ever. anyone has ever attended. Yeah. And Teresa doesn't know where things are going to stand in century. And that's the big cliffhanger of the episode. Um, yeah. We got the mid-season trailer. Also, we find out they're going to go to Ireland on a cast trip. Finally, Jersey gets a fucking trip out of the country. Jeez. They have before they've gone not to Italy. In, not in a long fucking time. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, been a the, while. The Nashville trip last season was so bad. We should just acknowledge that. But yeah, but yeah and things are going to get worse before they... I was going to say they get worse before they get better, but they don't end up getting better, at least in, in the time of uh, recording this. Um, but that was Jersey for this week. Obviously a very volatile episode. Um, but hey, that's Jersey. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are talking the latest episode of Vanderpump Rules. Don't go anywhere. 
Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you, you know, much. Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. Let's uh, head over to Hollywood and talk about Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules. We start with James in his recording studio, which like... James, it's never a good time. Yeah, James like... James is like like sounds that he makes when he's like beatbox, beatboxing like in, in the fucking 90s. Um, or doing his like EDM shit. It's just so funny to me. But his dad, Andros, is over. Um, and, uh, they're sort of, you know, as he's working on music, um, we cut also quickly over to Brock and Sheena's as Sheena's getting the seating chart ready for the wedding and Brock, and they're talking about how, like, it's kind of hard to seat Raquel because she's seated like next to Peter at one point, And I think Schwartz or like Peter or, and Schwartz and then some other person James that we've never something. heard of. And then Brock makes a comment of Raquel's got a little roster stacking up. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Seven <laughs> months later. Yeah. Um so uh Andros and James are sitting with Allie and Allie's about to go to lunch with some of the girls that invited that invited her to lunch. Allie is like going to get, James makes this comment of like yeah, get dressed babe and like let me see what you look like before you go out because I want to see how gorgeous it's it, James is <sighs> James is a lot when it comes to relationships and like when it comes to anything, James is James. Yeah, it's like we talked like it's like he kind of used Allie as like a toy, I think, in many ways of like Yeah. Something he can show off and it's it's weird. Um and Andros and James are talking about his drinking. <laughs> and he's like, I'm surprised you were able to be sober. It's just, it seems it's just simply impossible to DJ and not have a drink. 
You know, and he sounds said, like an alcoholic thing to say. Wait, just coming from an alcoholic, like, like because Andrew, his dad's been like they've talked about his dad having issues as well. Like in in the, in the, the whole street. family, he basically says at one point, binge drinking is a rite of passage. Yeah, that's not. Again, this is where I'm like, I kind of, I mean, I still don't like. I think James is still a villain in many ways, but it's at least I'm like. Well, at least your parents fucked you up. Like, it's clear your parents fucked you up. Yeah. Based off of both his dad and his mom. Like, that's, that's clearly what's happening. Um, he also makes this comment about, like, how he, like, of, like, oh, you still have to work with Raquel at Sir and stuff like that. And he says, like, I never saw you marrying Raquel from day one. Which, like, it feels like his mother also reiterated that, like, a couple episodes ago. Which it's, like, you know, I feel like a, you know, a sign. Um, but also, that's just something that people say. Like, that, d- people lie and say that shit all the time to make you feel better about throwing six years down the drain. Well, James also does that. James also likes to rose-colored glass things where it comes to, like, you know, oh, well, it was good that we, you know, broke up. And it's, you know, but he clearly is still upset. Like, yeah. upset about, we see it throughout that he's really upset about the uh, Raquel breakup. I almost said Rachel. It's almost because you people have almost done this to me where it's becoming a point of habit. I think I did it when we were watching once where I accidentally said it. And I was like, stop. Um, we go to Swords and Sandy's and they're uh, looking to finalize the cocktail menu and the food menu. Um, like even like, like they're like, again, like they're about to go to Sheena's wedding and then open a couple days and they don't have the, even the cocktail menu done in terms of pricing and like even name, like he's like the Brett who the manager or whatever is like, I can't put like blue shark drink on the, on the, like, right. Like the, I want that sandwich shop to, I'm, I'm putting it out into the world. Something about her has to destroy them because they are too at this, it's not even that I hate Sandoval. It's like they're so bad at this that they need to fail. Well, and that's what's frustrating is that these girls have been busting their asses for months and months and months mm-hmm. and still are not able to open their shop yet. And they're doing everything right. And these motherfuckers have like failed up into owning two restaurants now. Again, isn't that the story of masculinity on the show? Just it's, failing up. It's so fucking irritating. Yeah. Katie comes over for the tasting, and we find out that Schwartz and Katie made up after the last episode. That they in, And then they show the text, and it's like... <laughs> it was very much like, I, shouldn't, I should have let it go at a certain point. But all, and then also then justifying it, which is, it was just like, oh, that's so Schwartz. Yep. You know, I'm just, I'm over it. Yeah. They, Anyone named Tom, fuck them. Yeah, they do the tasting. But don't. Don't fuck them. But fuck them. Um, but fuck them? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, we go to lunch with Sheena, uh, Ariana, and Lala, and Allie. And they, you know, um, they talk about, like, we want, you know, we like Allie. You know, we want to sort of incorporate her in sort of, like, girls stuff a little bit more. <laughs> I also love Ariana. They go to Ariana in her confessionals and being like, you know, I, I like Allie want to incorporate her. But, I, you know, I did also let Raquel know I was doing this out of the kindness of my heart. You know, Ariana, out of the kindness of her heart, helping Raquel. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then Sheena also basically says the same thing of like, I just want to also protect. I want I want to make sure Raquel is okay with it. So it's Ariana saying this, Sheena saying this, and then they cut to Lala's confessional being like, I don't give a fuck what Raquel thinks. It made me so happy. <laughs> like my soul released this tension. Um, and I just, uh, it like, was so good. Lala, yeah, is Lala like, you know, giving it to Raquel a lot? Yes. I understand why some people can be annoyed with it when Lala does it generally. But again, when she's right, we'll see it later. When she's right and Lala's target is correct, she's great. I mean, and I she, have no problem with it. Is she a lot harsher than she needs to be sometimes? Yeah. Is she wrong? Rarely. Um, yeah. Almost she's rarely. almost always right. Yeah. Um, and then Sheena, Sheena is also being like, you know, I felt like Raquel, you know, I know you're mad at Raquel, Lala, but I felt like she was standing up for herself at the pool party. Fucking Sheena. Um, and then Lala says that she, you know, is like, I just can't, like, she, she has a plan going in of what she's going to say to me to, like, own me or whatever. And then when anything deviates, she just, like, short circuits, which is very true. It's so funny. Um, and she also is like, oh, she looked so, like... Like, like her having this conversation with me, it's like, hi, I can see, like, thank you for being I view with your vagina. Like, she looks, she says she looked like a baby prostitute. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. So they then talk about the tarot reading that James and Allie had. And Lala points, like, the, the topic of the twin flame thing comes out. And Lala points, like, isn't that also toxic, though? I felt so vindicated. And then I also went back and looked at the card that he said was Twin Flames, which was Eight of Pentacles. Eight of Pentacles has nothing to do with relationships. It actually has to do with um, getting back the... It's finally reaping what you've sowed. It's having... And Pentacles, also known as coins in tarot, um, either or is fine. Um has to do with money, specifically money. Yeah. And finances and success in like that realm. Mm. It has nothing to do with interpersonal relationships. It has everything to do with working your ass off at your job. Specifically the Eight of Pentacles has to do with working your ass off at your job and finally getting the recognition you deserve for it. Yeah. Yeah, so which maybe, is not a again, twin flame. Maybe look in, maybe go back and look at that reading, guys, and 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 reassess like what you took from it. Um, and but in the topic of like you know, Sheena was like talking about like James wanting Allie to come to the wedding, and Allie Allie basically says like I didn't have a problem with you not inviting me. I never expected you to invite me because we haven't known each other at all really uh, for that long. And she says in her confessional that she basically thinks that James only wants her there because Raquel's gonna be there, and to which. I think she's right. But I also, here's the thing. If she has a problem with him being around Raquel, I can understand why he would want Allie to be there so that there's that extra layer of you're here. You're not going to feel uncomfortable. Right. But it's, but I think that's what he would say. I think, but I also he, think that he uses Allie's presence as a way to keep himself in check. I think it's I think it's to stroke I think it's that and or to stroke his ego. I think we'll see. There's moments yeah, later. There's in, some of that too. There's moments later in the episode where his jealousy you can see just like building with this whole Raquel yeah. stuff. Um, and then they talk about how Lisa's having tea 
uh, like a tea party at Villa Rosa, basically. And she has alarm bells went off in Sheena's head, like it was a PTSD reaction. Yeah, because the tea parties she's had at Villa Rosa have not been good for her. Um, she's like, yeah, I might not go even, but which is funny later on. Um, we cut. We do like these like quick cut scenes. Schwartz is like doing push ups in his apartment for some reason in a like, button up shirt. What are you doing? If Schwartz can like calm down for like two seconds, I would really fucking appreciate it. Um, and Katie and Charlie are doing like surfboard yoga in like the ocean or something. And there's like a, apparently there's like a <laughs> 13. 13 year old kids like sitting behind them, like checking out their asses. And it's yeah. like, that's gross. Yeah. We don't need this. Um, sh- we go to Sheena, Brock and Lala are basically going out for lunch. Um, and, and, you know, Lala also is like, you know, they're talking about like the bridesmaid events that, um, Sheena's doing and Lala I think she said she's not going to them or she's like, what? she's like, I don't want to get into it with Raquel. I know if I'm going to be around Raquel, like I'm going to fucking, you know, lose it on her and I don't want to fuck up your wedding. So like, you know, all that. Um, and then they kind of get into the fact that Lala and Brock are kind of in a better place now after what happened last year and sort of Lala being really upset about the whole child support stuff of him back in Australia. To the point that she's like verklempt about her actions last what? And it's like so. I I think it's oh. I think it's genuine on Lala's part. Let me I say agree. that. I agree. However, she also had egg on her face last year. With the, I mean, they played the clip of him being like, "Do not compare Brock to my man, who is a stand-up guy." Yeah, uh, he's real stand-up. Uh, yeah. Um, she, I don't think he's stand- he's more like lay down on the casting couch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's like she's she I she talks about like seeing Brock with Summer Moon. And with like, you know, even with her daughter, Ocean, and like, like, that's what really gets her to tear up. She sees that Brock's a good dad. And I, you know, Brock annoys me to a certain extent. I think him being with Sheena doesn't help because I get annoyed with Sheena a lot. But like, I don't, I think he's a good person in certain respects. Like, I think he's a garden variety himbo. Yeah. The, the stuff from Australia with the, the ex-wife is sketchy. It's, it's still kind of sketchy. But, like, I think, like, he seems good enough. And I, I think it's good at the end of the day that he's not a full-time cast member. Yeah, like, probably. I didn't need to see him, like, the focus on him, really, for the most part. Uh, and Sheena also is, like, you know, thankful. Because Lala even cries at the table at lunch apologizing. And, like, you know, Sheena is thankful. And, like, she's, like, she kind of talks about wanting to have, like, an unconventional household where, like, Lala's essentially, like, a third, like, to, like, raise their kids together, which I thought was interesting. Um, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, whatever works. Um, we go to then Lisa's uh, tea party, uh, but we find out it's actually not uh, simply a tea party. It's actually Sheena's surprise bridal shower. Uh, Ariana helped sort of organize it. Um, <laughs> James talks about that he's having his first pump teeny in three and a half years. Pump teeny, more cosmopolitans. <laughs> it's, I, it, it was funny for that moment, but then I'm also like, oh god, stop drinking. Um, because he just goes bottles up and back to good old drunk James. Yeah, Sheena's about to arrive, and they're organizing like around the corner for when she shows up to surprise her. And they're like, let's all sing good as gold, you know? And who was it? Someone was like, oh, I know every lyric. And then Sheena then shows up for the surprise, and they just sing the chorus, which is just yeah. good as over and over again. Like, uh, yeah, every, does anyone know the lyrics behind uh, besides the chorus? Let's be honest. 
I don't um, even think Sheena knows the lyrics. The, and she sings it every time she gets a chance. It is such Sheena. Like, remember when Sheena wanted to be a pop star? Remember when she was like, oh, yeah, people, when I had blonde hair, people thought I was Britney Spears all the time. <laughs> remember that, Sheena? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird her, like, it's, yeah. She's like, you know, I'm glad, you know, it was a good surprise, but, you know, I can kind of suss things out kind of quickly. My sister's car kind of gave it away in the driveway. <laughs> Which, yeah. That'll do it. Um, Lala and James start talking and Lala is, tells James that, you know, maybe Raquel's kind of why Allie is not invited that Raquel basically like said, don't invite Allie. And James is like, James, you know, on, you know, alcohol, quote unquote, cause it, yeah, it's just alcohol. Um, it's like, of course it is. Are you Dr. Seuss or something? <laughs> Uh, Eamon, don't she didn't you, really rhyme. Don't you know he was having a Coke and vodka? <laughs> <laughs> Just a line of vodka. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, snorting it up with a straw. And then James brings up out of nowhere to Lala, should I ask Allie to marry me in Mexico? Which uh, Lala's like, stop. Like, literally fucking Lala stop. Lala gets so angry, and I... With her, one thousand percent. With a general sense, I agree. Like, do not propose to Allie right now. But also, I, but then I realized because he's also like, well, because I mean, you know, payback's a bitch. Because like, I do like him doing it to get back at Sheena and Brock for what they did at his <laughs> wedding party last uh, last year. That would be fun. Um, Lisa no. and Sheena are talking, and Lisa brings up the point of like. Because Lisa can't be at the wedding because it's in Mexico and she can't, you know, it just wasn't able to work with travel. And Lisa's like, look, at the end of the day, if you want a successful marriage, don't get me involved. Because I officiated Katie and Schwartz's wedding. Like, I was there for Sheena's first wedding with Shay. Like, I, like don't get me involved if you want a successful marriage. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Um, Schwartz and Raquel then start talking. So James and Sandoval are playing like ping pong or whatever. And that's, this is where I'm like about James's jealousy. Schwartz and Raquel are talking and James like kn- r- knows what happened and like interrupts Schwartz at one point and be like, hey, Schwartz, what, what's the rule of this thing if like, it goes out? Like clearly to try to like stop the conversation. Like he's so like antsy and jittery and like, you know. Coked up. And coked up and so like jealous of the whole thing. Um. Oh, I forgot when it was, but Raquel makes some comment about like, you know, me and Schwartz are tight. Maybe we'll be even tighter in the future. I hate this. <laughs> and then this is where I also like, this is not just Raquel, it's also Schwartz. Schwartz then starts bringing up the fact that he has the LVP butt tattoo and like just bringing up in conversation. And then he like, like says like, you know, maybe in Mexico, I'll show it to you. That's not okay. Like it's 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 so this is where um I think is a good point or a good spot to um drop in the little nugget of tea we got about the reunion. Oh, right. Well, it's not confirmed, but this is like rumors well, and conjecture. It's watered and, down tea. Yes. Um so the rumor and conjecture is that um the Toms. Well, the actual rumor is that someone someone gets into a fight, and it was not initiated by Sandoval or, or Raquel. Raquel or Ariana. Right, but it doesn't um, mean it doesn't involve them. 
Right. And the current prevailing theory on social media... Is that it was the Toms. Is that it... Schwartz goes after Sandoval. And after seeing some of this stuff with him and Raquel, knowing that this is the point after Raquel and Sandoval, Sandoval have and already gotten are together. fucking at this point. Yeah. They've already gotten together. This is already a thing. Um, I can feel, I can understand why Schwartz would feel betrayed by Sandoval if he didn't know about it at this point. Right. I can understand why he would feel like you put me out here to look like a fool. Like, Obviously, he already feels he already looks like a fool because of the Katie of it all, yeah. right? And just disrespecting her and all of that, fine. But to make him believe that this person is actually genuinely interested in him and stringing him along on a public stage, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's in, like you got not just like you can see the look on his face. The flirting with her is genuine. Like, he is... Which I still don't like him for. No, I don't like him for Because he knows Katie doesn't want this. Right. But at a certain point, does she have a right to tell him he's not allowed to... No, it's a courtesy, but still... It's a courtesy, right. But at the same time, it's like... He should be able to date who he wants to. And if that means that he needs to understand that if he does go after Raquel, it is sacrificing any future relationship with Katie. With Katie. So he has to make fine. that choice. He needs to make that choice though. Um, but to make that choice and it have been for nothing because she was never interested in him and it was all a front to protect Sandoval. I think that was the last straw for yeah. him. And there's a moment later in the episode that get that's even more blatant in my opinion you know, whether or not Schwartz is in on it at this point, there's a, I think I agree that there's a strong possibility at this point, he's not in on it. And, you know, at this point it, it, but Raquel is doing something. She's right. doing something nefarious and not in terms of getting with Schwartz. It, genuinely, in my opinion, I, I agree with that. Um, so Katie obviously wasn't invited to the thing cause it's Sheena's party. Um, and, but she's uh, basically gardening with Christina Kelly um, and they're talking about that apparently tomorrow, the day after this was, is Katie and Tom's anniversary, and that when they're in Mexico, they're going to basically have a dinner together to sort of celebrate like the closing of the house and all that stuff. And Katie's sort of wrestling with the idea of like, should I celebrate? Should I? Am I supposed to feel sad in this moment? Like, I like. There's a lot of different emotions in that regard. So yeah, I to me, I think. You don't have to call it a celebration, but you should mark the passing of it. Yeah. You should you should commemorate. There's a difference, I think, between commemoration and celebration. Mm-hmm. And I think that closing that chapter, or at least closing another part of that chapter, I think that it's healthy to mark that. Yeah. Uh, just so, me. So we cut back to the tea party. <laughs> And James, Lala, and LVP are sitting together, and James is tipsy. And he's like, tipsy? Look, look, if I was drunk, can I do this? And he's like, got, got the plate, and he's moving, like, like doing, like, whatever, like, calisthenics or whatever with the plate. And LVP's like, stop it right now. And I it, thought he was trying to act like a server. Like, yeah. Uh, Fine, China! <laughs> 
<laughs> and what is Lala says something about like offering him his like friendship and support or whatever, and LVP's like LVP thoughts all try not to offer him as much as you did before. <laughs> it's such a great oh British humor. And, <laughs> And he says something about, oh, he I says, I'm, I, hey, I'm in a relationship now. She a, said, well, you were in a relationship <laughs> then. <laughs> she was on point. Um, James is like, you know, I want, you know, Ali's the one. I'm going to marry her and I'm going to put some babies in her one day. Can people uh, stop saying it like that? That is so fucking like. It's ugh. so disgusting. Um, and Lala is like, stop talking about like about it like this bringing a child into this world is a really serious thing to not take uh to not take lightly and james goes oh well if brock can bring a baby into this bloody world we all saw what happened the first time he left a bloody country jesus christ <laughs> at, james at brock and sheena's like wedding like bridal party it's just being like oh brock got someone knocked up and <laughs> Uh, oh my god, he's the worst, but also funny. <laughs> like it's, it's he's awful. funny because I don't. He, James is funny because we don't have to deal with him, <laughs> right? Like that's what makes it funny. And Lala is, of course, really worried about the drinking and stuff like that. Um, Tom is basically Sandoval is basically like after party over at you know Swartz and Sandy's after this you know and all that, and they go over f- to for the after party, and it's like. Yeah, we're gonna open. We know we gotta open soon, but it's good to get these last parties in. And Schwartz is like, Schwartz points out like, like they're paying a bartender. The it's like, it's like I brought my own beer, but we are paying a bartender like, and a bar back. But you're not even paying it out of your pocket. You're literally paying it from Schwartz and Sandy's payroll. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing, dude? That's fraud. <laughs> literally, like. You know, it's, we've had housewives arrested for fraud. <laughs> yeah, and it's like James at one point was like they're doing like the cheers or whatever. James is like, "You guys aren't open left, yeah, open yet? How many soft openings are we doing?" <laughs> Which, when James is right, he's right. Yeah. So this is also the part where I'm like, I this is the part where I got so sick of Raquel, and this was so. Mm. So Raquel and Lala are next to each other at the bar. And Raquel says, you know, I just want, you know, just to say hi. And credit to Lala. Lala's like, hi, how's it going? Like, like She le- even gives her a genuine smile. At least like, well, or genuine, least- but faking it. She's faking it, but she's putting on, you know. Like, yeah. She's doing, she's not, you know, going to fight her. And this is where, and the, but the only conversation they have is Raquel going, is Katie coming? And Lala's like, no, she's staying at home, you know, and all that. And then, like, 30 seconds or whatever go by. Like, and, and we see, like, James, like, is asking Brock and Sheena again if Allie can come to the wedding as this is happening. But, this, like, I don't know if it, how quick it was in real time, but in terms of the show, it's, like, 30 seconds of Raquel asking Lala this. What does Raquel immediately do after? He goes over to Schwartz and goes, hey, I was hearing that you guys have this, like, cool installation, like, by the bathroom. And, like, Schwartz is like, yeah, I can go show it to you. He's like, yeah, yeah, I would love to see it. This was so calculated. Like, I am fully convinced that they had planned on waiting until everything was done, they were past the reunion, and then coming out with everything at the end so that they didn't have to answer to anybody doing exactly what fucking Robin Dixon did. Yep. And, but here's the thing. If we didn't know, if the scandal didn't break in the news, and we were still watching these episodes like as they were airing, 
it still makes Raquel look calculated because it's clearly her doing this to fuck over Katie. Because because the point to make the point to ask Lala if Katie was coming to then go and do this, it looks shady enough. Right. And all of that still exists with the Scandaval because the thing is, is that she's using Schwartz. And, like, Ka- she's and using, using Katie's pain. Like she's using Schwartz, you know, to cover for fucking Sandoval. But she's also using Schwartz to inflict pain on Katie. Yeah. She's double dipping. And so the other reason doesn't go away just because she's fucking Schwartz. But also or Sandoval. But also they're doing this in broad daylight. This well, is why I, I mean it is nighttime. But yeah. You know it, what I, you know what I mean. But like they're doing this to where everyone else in the in the in Schwartz and Sandys can see. Yeah. That's why it's a that that tells me this was about her, her and Sandoval covering. Yeah, because they wanted to sh- they wanted to show the world that Raquel and Schwartz were like. Because if because they were trying to be sneaky, if they were really trying to be sneaky, they wouldn't have brought a camera in with them to the bathroom. But also now that we're hearing in like interviews and podcasts and stuff like that about the scandal and stuff like that, a lot of people are saying like. It seemed at the time that Raquel and Sandoval were very close friends and it didn't click at the time. Like, and Lala even said on Jeff Lewis's radio show, like there was a time where we walked in on a room and they were in bed together under covers. But we thought like, oh, they're just friends or whatever. I mean, it's weird, but it's not out of the ordinary. Yeah. But like that, that's why doing this whole Raquel Schwartz thing in front of everyone. It's it, heinous. So it's like, okay, yeah, Raquel and T- Sandoval are really close, but she's also really close with Schwartz. So it's like, she's just that type of friend. It's to, it's to cast out on, on all of it. Yeah. It's so fucking gross. I was so mad at Raquel. Which is why I feel like Schwartz has reason to be furious. Yeah, exactly. And Schwartz is like, you know, oh, because they're looking at the art installation. She's like, oh, I heard you have a projector or whatever that you use when you sleep. I use one, too. I can bring it to Cancun. Um, and then they go into the bathroom, the men's bathroom. It, it was so fucking odd. Like, it, it was so fucking infuriating. Um, we go as they get, we got to the next day as they're getting ready. Everyone's getting ready to go to Mexico. I pointed out, like, Swartz is like, oh, I don't know why I'm wearing a sweater when I'm about to go to Mexico. You know, as he's on the phone with Sandoval. And, like, takes off a sweater and then puts on, like, a long sleeve pullover? Yeah. Okay. Like, it wasn't exactly smart. Yeah, no. Um, but they, I mean, maybe he's expecting, you know, the breeze on the ocean will be really nice <laughs> and cool. and uh, Or maybe he's thinking it's really cold on the plane, so I'll wear this on the plane. Yeah. Uh, who knows? They all fly to Mexico and they, go to, they get to the resort, right? And, and are getting all settled in. And then uh, Lala and Katie are both like, oh, our rooms are like so far away from each other. That like really sucks. It's like you're all the way on the other side of the thing. And then we find out in Sheena's confessional that Sheena called the resort and moved Katie's room to a different tower and also X'd her off of the preferred club list. Which I actually did some sleuthing while we're watching the episode. Looked up on the hotel's website what exactly comes in that hotel. So it's not just... Like, there's a small percentage of that preferred club list that is, like, actual access to some exclusive areas. Yeah. Right? I can understand getting her 
to where she doesn't have access to those exclusive. But it also is Xing her out of having access to room amenities. Yeah. It's literally saying, fuck you. I want you to have no fun while you're here. But also the fact that she was taken off of the preferred club list. Is that part of the thousand dollars? Yeah, because that that'd be screwing her out of a lot of money. Yeah, that way. it's like that's that's a problem. That's and and like yes, it's Sheen is being shady to Katie's being shady, and I and I get that. You know, be shady, but also it kind of, like you were able to get Katie's room completely moved to a different tower and taken off of a list, but you weren't able to get your bridesmaid into a room. Right, How does that and, make sense? And you were also making it out to where you couldn't even get your bridesmaid added to somebody else's room That's, as a second it's occupant. It's such bullshit. This, it's bullshit. This, she just didn't want her she, there. She just wanted to fight Katie. Yeah, it's, yeah. It really was what it was about. Um, and like James, I guess, has like a, a like a swim up pool or whatever by uh, him and Allie's room. He's like, "Over oh, Kel, you don't have a pool." <laughs> like, 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 oh, you. Want, it was so like. Yeah, we don't have a room next to each other. That would be fucking weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, that. Ugh. And then the whole like, Jay, there's also this weird part where like they're all like get, getting organized for the and James is like like Allie, let me tongue kiss you. Like so, and Allie's like, stop. Like it's so gross. Like what? But it's also like that. That's what I'm saying. Like wanting to do it in front of the group and like show off his catch. Yeah. It's like, um, they apparently have a wedding hashtag hashtag Honey I Do. Why? I feel like you could have been more inventive. Like, what does honey have to do with anything? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. They should have thought about it. That could be anybody's wedding. What What would be the better hashtag for Sheena and Brock's wedding? Shocked. <laughs> that's their. If that's their couple name, that's actually great. Hashtag shocked. Uh, um, so and it's S C H O C K E D. Everyone's getting ready to go to their rooms, and then Lisa FaceTimes uh, Ariana, and and Katie's there as well with Lisa's realtor. I think it was. Um, and Lisa doing the full like, you know, I I know you guys were looking for the place or whatever, and like you know sometimes in business it's it's like you get the you have this idea in mind, and sometimes it just doesn't materialize, and sometimes you have to you know work with or whatever but today is not one of those times you've got the place it's like oh my god i hate that shit it's the it's uh, if if anyone has watched like early seasons particularly well they kind of do it still do it now of uh, master chef that's yep. the shit they do all the you know i just thought this was a really disgusting plate of food but then i ate it <laughs> and it was amazing it was like like they do it all the isn't fucking, there like an uh, there's a key, SN- and, P- there's oh, a key there's and peel key sketch peel. about it it's like this this uh plate of food looked disgustingly wonderful <laughs> until i ate it and i realized it was awfully good and <laughs> it's like yeah. stop but there's <laughs> one major major problem I don't have more of it to enjoy. <laughs> right. I just, I can't. I like my emotions can't take it. Just gave me the answer. Yeah. So they're celebrating uh, that they got the space. And like, like Christina and Schwartz is even celebrating with them too. Found it weird that Sandoval wasn't. Huh. So they, and also they're getting into their rooms and Ariana and, and Sandoval get their room. And Ariana makes this comment in her confessional. Nothing else, nothing else to get in, you know, I, we don't have, you know, to worry about Schwartz and Sandy's this weekend. You know, there's no like work stuff. There's nothing else to get in the way of my quality time with Tom. 
I like. Don't you fucking touch her. Get your hands off of her. Like, also, because alleged, because of what we're to be believed, there's a like three hour period or something where they don't know where Sandoval and Raquel is at. Yep. <sighs> I hope they have that on camera. So I hope they have that on camera. Yeah. Um, Schwartz and Raquel both have their galaxy lights set up in their respective rooms. Um, I'm so sick of this galaxy light narrative. It's like, it's, I, I used to want one. Now I don't. Now I don't. Um, James also like there, James and Allie are in the room and he won't stop bringing up Raquel's name. Like literally just being like, Oh, Raquel. Yeah. She doesn't have a swimming pool, whatever. And Allie is getting annoyed by it. And at this point, it's like, why do we keep bringing up your ex all the fucking time? Um, they go to the first night's dinner and this, so Lala shows up with Christina Kelly and Sheena's like, really? Like Christina's going to the, coming to the dinner. Like, yeah, that was shady. That and, shouldn't have happened. And that is shady on Lala's part too. Like part of me thinks that maybe Lala was a little upset that Sheena was like, Oh, I feel like Raquel stood up to you at the pool party that she like, maybe, you know, that's the only way I can think of that. And then th- this was, I was getting annoyed with like, you know, I don't like Christina Kelly. Christina Kelly's such a mean girl, you know, brings up the fact that her and Stassi made fun of my dress uh, during my first wedding with Shay, my crop top dress. And, you know, it was, uh, it upset me even from a general sense, but honestly, and I don't really talk about this a lot, but I'm half Mexican and they said it looked like a slutty quinceanera dress. And, you know, it just really was insulting also to just the tradition of such a, you know, something of a culture, something that's so important to a culture. I was so over this. I could not have rolled my eyes harder. And I, I saw some people on Twitter being like, yeah, Stasi should be recanceled for that. Stop. Can we stop? Number one, she didn't say anything about quinceañeras. And, like, she mentioned quinceañeras in that it resembled a quinceañera dress. But she did not say that quinceañera dresses were slutty. There were way in, more... In fact, I think she said skanky. Yeah, there were also way more, thing, way more worse things that Stassi has said and done that is, is cancelable. Like, like, um... But, yeah. like... I, I, also, Sheena, you... Like, people are like, well, Sheena... You know, Sheena was upset about it at the time. Watch back the reunion. She was upset about it on a personal level in terms of like, you guys were making fun of me and my dress and it was my special day and it's mean. She never brought up the whole like, oh, I'm half Mexican and therefore like it's, I thought it was racist. She's bringing that up. What? Eight or nine years later. She didn't care. She never cared. That's bullshit. Like, um, she literally until this moment has never presented to anyone the fact that she is half Mexican, which I'm not going to dispute that. She might very well be, but you can't just bring that up after the fact when earlier in this episode you bragged about the fact that you used to get um, uh, mistaken for Britney Spears all the time. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm, girl, really? It's like, I just think like... like, So you pretended to be white when it suited you, and now that it suits you, you're all of a sudden half Mexican. I'm just not not a fan of Sheena, and like, not in terms of like, get her off the show. She's hilarious in how much she's a villain, but like... She's. I don't get people who find her like genuine or endearing or anything like that because she's no. so fake. And like this, like yeah, it's. I don't. Again, it just felt like weaponizing this idea. And I, from what I understood, her and Stasi are at least good. 
or le- or like. Also, it was nice to finally have someone bring up Stassi and use her name. That's true. But it's like I just. I'm saying this as a white person, and I know, like you know, I sh- you know. Get there, out the band hammers. And there's plenty, plenty of valid, cancelable things that people on Bravo have done. Get ready to cancel him. Here it comes. You know, Ramona and Jenny Wynn and to an extent, like even like Leanne and stuff like like I get like all of that. But like <sighs> this idea that some that something that someone said eight or nine years ago that was fucking like Something that I'm sure a lot of you people were also fucking saying as well. People make the key. You thing. people. <laughs> yeah, just fucking take me to Twitter jail now. Um, but no, like, like I, people were making. I, there's plenty of people who made comments about, like, not to get political, but like when cr- that dress that Kristen Cinema wore to the State of the Union that it looked like a bad quinceanera dress. People use those comments all the time. It and did. It looked like a bad quinceanera dress. Not that quinceanera dresses are all bad, just like a skanky quinceanera dress does not mean that all quinceanera dresses are skanky. But also, like, it's just like, uh, I'm not, call me, you know, a moderate, you know, you know, centrist, you know, whatever. But, like, the idea that we can't, like, use something as, like, a teachable moment or use something like, hey, we probably shouldn't say that now. or And to just be, like, it's an indictment of your character as a person that you said this in, like, 2013. It, I'm, I'm so over it. It's, it's ugh, whatever. There is no point to holding someone accountable if there is no path to redemption. That, like, if it's just chunk them off a cliff and we're done with them, then let's just chunk them off a cliff and be done with them. Because what I'm sick of is us. Now, I'm not talking about people who double down, who yeah. do things repeatedly, and we like, there are awful people that deserve to no longer have any of our attention. But there are also plenty of people who grow, who learn from their mistakes who apologize sincerely. And I believe that when you look at the history of Stassi Schroeder on this show, like she has grown so much since season one and who she is now off the show as a mother or is she a mom now? Yeah. 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 As a mother and a wife, like you can't compare the person she is today I also, to season one. I also think there's a larger conversation, too, about reality television. And, and what it does to rea- people. Well, no, no, no. And, and yes, but, like, these types of reality shows and the, the idea that you would want on, this rea- on these types of reality shows perfect people who never say or do anything possibly questionable by any means is ridiculous. It's 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 a stupid standard to hold people to. Again, today's audiences, like we talked about this on the last episode when it came to drag race, today's audiences would never have been able to live in the days of old reality watch, television. Watch those early seasons of Orange County. Go watch like uh um um what's the uh, uh like, I love New York and any of, of love, the yeah. flavor of love stuff like super problematic shit super problematic but guess what we wouldn't have mean culture like it was if we didn't have Tiffany Pollard going off and being crazy like she was and 
like, and now, guess who is one of the biggest fucking advocates <laughs> for queer people and trans people out there and is so far left? Like, you can't even, like, she's... Like, and stepped into, and she she stepped into it a couple years ago, but then offered a sincere apology, and people forgave and, her, and, and learned from it. That's the point. Like, but also, when you are genuine and you are actually bringing your full self, you can make mistakes and then learn from them and move on. Because guess what? Those of us who are not in front of cameras also make mistakes yeah. and we also learn from them and we also grow and we move on. The difference is, is we don't have a worldwide audience judging us for every move we make. I also think with housewives in general, the idea that you expect affluent people to be quote, quote unquote, I hate the overuse of this term, but quote unquote woke is like what, it, like, I'm sorry, you expect the real housewives of orange County to be woke. Spoiler alert guys. It's the real housewives of Orange County, they're all fucking Republicans. Except like, except maybe a couple. Uh, but like or they yeah. But it's like it's like But they're at most centrists. They're not they're not super leftists. And let me clarify before people actually cancel me. Like when people cross a certain line, I like Jenny Wynn absolutely should have been fucking fired. Like and absolutely. especially the fact that she was attacking for most of that season Mary Cosby, a black woman. Like, even though Mary has her own has made some problematic statements there, but like the Ramona stuff as well. I also think that it's, you know, uh, when Vanderpump rules and Vanderpump rules has been critiqued on this in the past for being very white. Like the only person of color on the, on the real like presentable person of color on the show was faith who we all saw what happened to her. And also, uh, you know, the stuff that happened to her that was done by Stassi, Kristen and Jax is fucking terrible. And yes, they deserve to like, be like we have to like you know especially in like with what was happening with george floyd and all that stuff right like, fucking terrible like and you know when you have paces and also when you're diversifying cast i understand like when you have ebony on real housewives in new york when the stuff that ramona does it is that much more worse when you're having someone a person of color having to be on the receiving end of it and that is a fucking problem that needs to be actually handled you know, even on but when you're in early seasons of New York and it's and they're all white women and they're affluent and they're in Manhattan, they're going to say stupid shit. Yeah. I, like holding people accountable for season one of Roni is different than holding them for account accountable for whatever season this last one was 12, I think. Yeah. So like you can hold someone accountable for something that they just did. And it like have actual consequences to those fine that should happen but trying to give consequences today to a person today for something they did 10 years ago stupid that's not fair yeah we talked about this way too long <laughs> and we're already canceled sorry um let's move on Hey, we were already canceled for the, you know, the Harry Potter game from our Christmas uh, haul from Target. So. Sure. <laughs> Which, yeah. That was before we even started the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, so then. And look, we came back. <laughs> yeah. We get to the dinner that they're having, though. And so then this topic comes up because apparently, so, you know, James, and, you know, James is like, 
you know, oh, oh, San- oh, Sandoval asks, like, oh, is everyone doing well? It's like, James is like, yeah, now after I, I, you know, almost got into a fight or whatever. And Ariana's like, yeah, that was crazy. And so we find out that apparently in between this part, the cameras weren't on it, apparently, that one of... What Bro- are they doing? One of Brock's friends, who was really drunk, like, put his arm essentially over James's shoulder and was like, hey, buddy, I know you. And James didn't know who the fuck this was. You know. Like, I... I, I- is it bad that I'm on James's side with this? Are you really? Yeah, because it's cause, an annoying drunken hug, but it's like yeah, not- but all he did was kind of like shove him off of it. Well, like no, he, the, what is Lala, what is presented? Lala, Lala says he like James like body checks him. And body all- check to a drunk person is going to put them on the ground, but to a sober person is not necessarily. It's not that big of a deal. It's barely a tap. This person is drunk off their ass. That's why they were going to fall, not because James it seemed, body checked It them. seems from what Ariana and Lala said that it escalated really fucking quickly. And to me, and also, like, if you're a DJ, like, if you're in that industry, what, like, you're dealing with drunk people all the time. Yeah, but there's usually a table between you and the people. But there's a, you should know how to, like, diffuse that situation. And that didn't seem like the way to do it. Like, and James, is, James even makes a comment of, like, you know, I should have Will Smith backhand his fucking bitch ass. And it's like, oh, God. And I, I could tell, and James is on something. So I could tell he's probably fucking I mean, he's ordering. always on something, but like. Yeah, so like, but like he's talking to Ariana about this and he's getting mad at Ariana at the table. And it's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, it, it wasn't me that really actually did anything, though, Ariana. And, and Ariana's like, yeah, I just didn't know what was happening. I didn't know, like. You know, I didn't know if you were friends or whatever. And he's like, no, I think you could tell. I had no idea who this human was because I had a scared look on my face. Like, blaming Ariana for, like... Yeah, that I thought was shitty. And Allie's getting, like, Ariana is like, you know, I'm getting, you know, railroaded at this at this dinner and berating me, like, two seconds when I sit down. And James is like, I'm not berating you. Even Allie's like, you're berating her. Like, stop. Everything that James says is berating. Yeah. Like, he just has that tone to his voice that is, like weapon and then he like and then lala's like you bought you almost like knocked this guy to the ground he's like i didn't knock him to the ground use your words fucking carefully and <laughs> at that point lala's done he's like you better watch your goddamn mouth before i fuck you up right now at this table which i i let me correct i was with james until he came to the table everything that's happened at this table i think he's in the wrong yeah well also and then ariana is like standing is like you know you know, I do, you know, he hit me first and he's like, I don't want you to fucking, I don't want him to hit you. I don't want you to hit him. Just like fucking like lay off me, like claps back at him. And he's like, oh, you will good on you for raising your voice. And he's like, I'm raising my voice because when I talk normally, you don't fucking listen to me. So yeah. stop it. Yeah. And like the whole time, this is what also pissed me off. Sandoval's quiet. Doesn't say a damn thing. That's not to say that Ariana needs somebody to defend her. She's perfectly capable of doing it on her own. But contrast Sandoval as his friend is like berating his girlfriend of nine years at this fucking table in front of everyone. Contrast that to when Lala at the pool party makes a comment about how she's annoyed with Raquel. And immediately Sandoval is like, you're such a bully, Lala. You need to lay off people. You're a bully. Like, Like... Jumped for Raquel's defense immediately of a, over a situation so, that has nothing to fucking do with him. It's so clear, so clear where his loyalties lie. Yeah. Even it, at this point, which is why I'm convinced that even if they didn't sleep together until after Vegas, they were 
a thing. There was something going on before that. Yeah. And so Allie's like, you know, I'm, Allie's like in her confessional, like I'm questioning like what, you know, this is so embarrassing. It's like, who is the guy that I'm dating right now? And she gets it from the table and leaves. And then we get the to be continued for what's to come. So yeah, really a good episode of Vanderpump Rules this episode. Uh, it's just going to get crazier and crazier until we get to that reunion. Yay! <laughs> Can't wait. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're talking Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, much. Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry... We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, Fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. Let's dive into Thailand with Pepsi and our uh, ultimate girls trip ladies. Yes, we're on day four. It's the morning of day four of the trip. Um, I, I thought I was like, did nothing happen on the yacht between the yacht and like the next day? But there was a little bit like in, you know, in the evening, but I guess nothing major sort of happened. Um uh, I loved. I loved that. So Pepsi is like getting everyone together for like the itinerary for the day, and she he goes into Alexia's room, and like is admiring what she's wearing, and he goes, "Ah, very comfortable." <laughs> yeah, I thought that was that sweet. was cute. Um, so basically, it's Porsche's day to sort of like organize everything, and they're doing a Thai barbecue. Um, por- well, which I, other people, which I think it was Candace had issue with well, that characterization of it. Yeah, but. we'll get to it. Um, Portia, I was like, did anything happen in between? It felt like a huge gap. And Portia is asking, because I guess Giselle and, and Marisol and a bunch of others were in the pool um, the night uh, the night before. And she asked if they were skinny dipping last night. 
And Forrester's like, you know the white girls on that show just let their titties out on the screen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happened in uh, Salt Lake. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, yeah. With Nostradamus Portia knowing that, <laughs> that happened. Um, uh, you know, Leah sort of and Candace are talking, sort of decompressing from the yacht trip. And Leah... You know, says that Giselle's not bother, bothering her. She says that she she knows for a fact that Giselle's done much worse than say that she was bored at a dinner, which yeah, that's that's fair, and, and especially this last season. Um, and Candace is like, you know, good on you for standing up for yourself and you know just walking your way and disengaging with the situation because it's the bully's biggest satisfaction to engage essentially, which I feel like is the opposite. I do feel like. Um... Uh, while Leah was right that Giselle has done wor- much worse stuff, that does not mean that it wasn't hella rude to say you were bored loudly <laughs> sure. while someone is telling the story of their deceased husband. Yeah. It's anyway. Like- it's like it's like what we said last time of Leah just being like, "Look, I said I was bored. I didn't like sell a puppy to like a kill shelter and like like it's like okay like when we do this comparison game, it can go a lot of ways." Um, I forgot why she brings it up, but Candace talks about like, you know, we us like our housewife shows. You know, we do all this great work. There's all this fighting. There's all this drama, et cetera, and we don't get recognized. We don't get Emmys. We deserve an Emmy. And then like, oh, it's because she talks about how we uh, housewives um, are bringing the same amount of drama, the same amount of um, everything as. Oh, scripted uh, series of scripted, script. of scripted series talking about um, specifically soap operas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why, the, and then they, the editors do this like Days they, of Our Wives like thing of them like just like doing it's these, like, so good these like pose moments like uh, yeah, um, which I I do agree with. I feel like reality shows should be recognized more in terms of television awards. They, I agree. They have like the reality TV awards and stuff like that, but it's like that's not like like. But I mean, some reality television is awarded. Like RuPaul's Drag Race has won. Sure. Like Ru is literally the most winning um, person of color and on the Emmys history. Period. Yeah, I feel like I, I just, Housewives should be more recognized. I think. I agree. I I, I think so. Um, everyone's at breakfast kind of like decompressing from the night before. Leah says that she has the runs. Um, she also is like, well, you know, also I'm on my period and stuff like that. And Marisol talks about how she's happy she doesn't have to see her monthly friend anymore. Q3, like, um, this is like the third thing that she's blamed on her period. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep a running tally. Um, Heather basically is talking about the Whitney stuff and basically says that she wants to compartmentalize the whole stuff. Um, and like, you know, and I love that she asked Leah, like, so Whitney said whatever about like me being on the role, not still being on the roles and stuff like that. Like, what exactly did she say? Leah's like, Whitney basically just had to watch out for you, (laughs) like, like cut and dry. And it's like, uh, um, so it's also raining or like there's bad weather or something. Not that bad. (laughs) Well, they're there. Yeah. Um, and Porsche is talking about like, you know, uh, you know, they were going to do an excursion, but it got, you know, they're going to re, you know, 
do something else, and they have massages. Getting, they're gonna have and then these gonna, massages, and then they're gonna do games, and uh, yeah, and to set things up. And then Whitney's in her bedroom, like uh, getting ready, and uh, and to my surprise, we just hear in the background. Hey, Whitney, and Lisa's on the FaceTime. Lisa Barlow. It's like I miss that voice. I love like more housewives like FaceTiming into girls' trip events that they are not on. Like I'm fine with it. I was here for it. I was like, yes, yeah. And they're and Whitney's briefing her on everything with Heather and stuff like that. And Lisa's just basically like Heather's mad because she's been caught in a lie and she's been exposed. Um, and like Whitney's like, again, this is also, I guess this is the place to discuss this because they were kind of in Salt Lake on season three, they were like talking around a lot of things. And at least with the fourth wall gone on ultimate girls trip, Whitney can be like, you know, Heather brought me onto the show and was the one that recommended me. And I feel like I was just used as her pawn to like attack Lisa Barlow. And it's essentially, I really really wish we would get rid of the fourth wall. Essentially what's what they're saying is like similar. What we're dealing with Potomac where it's like Whitney's basically saying like we organized to take down Lisa Barlow when we started Salt Lake city, which I kind of buy. Like I I think that does feel that way in retrospect, but like to just blatantly say it, like, you know, I think this is the, I mean, the only avenue to do it without breaking that fourth wall on like a main show. Um, and Portia's trying to talk to Heather about like everything. And she's basically saying like, you can, you know, just to offer grace with Whitney and that if you know that per- you can move on with someone, if you know they're a good person because people can make mistakes and et cetera. Um, and then they go, like they talk about the roles thing and Heather says she hasn't even applied to get her name off of the roles. And Portia's very much confused of like, uh, so was I. Then what was the fight about? Like, what the, like, into- why did you, like, who brought up the roles? Heather. Heather weaponized Whitney's name still being on the roles. Well, no, well, Leah brought it. Leah brought up that Whitney told her that Heather was still on the roles. Okay, fine. Yeah. But, but in that fight, like, Heather weaponized Whitney still being on the rolls as proof that she had no room to talk. And Whitney's like, okay, but they won't let me off the rolls. I have to apply for it. And then they take me off up to their discretion. I have done my part. Yeah. And Heather, you haven't even done your part, Heather. I, and also I'm confused by it of like the, like Heather is basically like, it's, you know, I, by all intents and purposes, I'm no longer a Mormon that it's just, and to me, I kind of agree of like, what's the, fu- who cares? Yeah. And that's not- fine. That argument is fine. But then you can't weaponize that as proof that Whitney is full of shit. I, I because think, that's hypocritical. I think she only said that to be like, you know, Whitney, it took you that long to be off the rolls and you're sp- talking about me still being on it. I think she was really only bringing the Whitney stuff up to like counter what Whitney was saying to Leah. Yeah, but Heather hasn't even done as much as Whitney has. So it's literally hypocritical. Sure. And <laughs> Portia being like, in her confessional, you are a bad liar, not a bad Mormon. <laughs> uh, literally. Good line. Uh, uh, Pepsi brought Portia more KFC. I missed that. Yeah, like, just every day KFC, really? Like, uh, no, nah, not my vibe. Um, Leah's in her confessional and basically st- saying that, like, you know, she doesn't really feel like it's a healthy environment necessarily, the way the dynamics are going of everyone, that they're following people, 
and that she's not a follower. Um, and that she's bonding with Candace as the only one that's sort of like standing up for her because Candace is an independent thinker and not a, and she's not a follower like me. It's uh. so, it's so like, this, this is why I hated Leon Roney. <laughs> like Leah is, it's just a, it's just really up her own ass. I feel. Uh huh. Um, they, they, then they go to get the massages, right? Um, uh, and Portia and I think like Alexia and them are like, oh, I thought we were getting naked for this or whatever. Like time massages, which like, yeah. Um, but like th- this montage of just the moaning of everyone, like, like th- if you played this out of context, like it's like, it's a lot. Candace- no, but the thing is, is you wouldn't even like mistake it for something else because it was so bad. Yeah. Like, it it was just like it was awful and like you've got um Giselle over here making these like clicking cha-cha-cha noises like what are you doing uh, the, you were pointing out the look on Candace's face and her the look oh my She's god like, is this the bathhouse like <laughs> And then Giselle and her confessional being like they were they were trying to massage my vagina <laughs> like I don't think that's true and, uh, then, and then what uh, Portia was like, I didn't get my vagina mas- uh, massage. I want a refund. Yeah. Where do I get my money back? Oh, and then they crack Leah's back at the end, like in one of those. That like, sounded Nelson. good. Yeah, I love a good like chiropractor like video. I love that's a good binge. Um, the, the, I forgot they're talking. I forgot who it is. Um, oh, oh, Heather wants to do her offering to the um mm-hmm. to the spirit house or whatever or whatever. And Marisol talks about how she did hers, but I feel like this is why this trip is so dramatic and bad because she said she offered her a, offered the spirits a bottle of liquor, but then took it back. Yeah, you don't do that. that. I know, like I I glean sort of when you talk about like sort of your sort of like spiritual realm sort of stuff. I know that from like a basic tenet of like you don't give something to a spirit and then take it back. Nope, that's bad idea. Um. <laughs> Giselle, Giselle, this whole episode, I, I had to laugh because it's so like blatant, but just her messiness was like ridiculous this episode beyond anything she's done on Potomac. She's sitting with Heather and just like, let's call Jen. <laughs> yeah, like, that was like, like try FaceTiming her. Oh, she didn't pick up. Let's, let's wait a couple minutes and do it again. Like, like she's <laughs> wanting that moment so badly. She's so thirsty. Like she's like, oh, she's gonna be mad at me for all I said. I said she was a criminal. Do they have Twitter in jail? <laughs> well, the thing is, is that she wouldn't know of her saying that because it hasn't aired yet. No, but Jen Shaw is posting on Instagram still. It's from like a, it's clearly like a subsidiary, but she's like day day twenty seven. You know, <laughs> like it's it's if you. Go check oh it out. Oh my it's god, it's great. Though, but you have to read it in the name or in the voice of the guy from um uh Big Brother UK. Yeah. Day 27. <laughs> um Giselle also points out that like cuz Porsche's getting this event together and she's like I don't even think Porsche knows what she's doing. And they just cut to this montage of them asking questions about what they're doing. Porsche's like, "Um, I don't know. <laughs> so like we'll get to it later. It felt very like sh- like brought together real quickly in terms uh-huh. of this. Um I did make a quick note that uh Giselle had this maroon confessional look that was like a new one that we hadn't seen before mm-hmm. with like this straight hair. The prettiest she has ever fucking looked. Giselle 
more of that. Yeah. Like, stop with these, like, again, these, like, prints and, like, fucking, like, weird, like, choices. Less Straight. of whatever the fuck Heather is wearing in her confessional. Yeah, terrible. That's awful. Straight hair, simple dress. You're fucking gorgeous. Like, just yeah. keep to that. Um, they uh, go to the barbecue that they're having uh, outside. Um, and it's a Thai style. Pepsi's a Thai style, not Miami style. Um, it's, and it's one of those, like, you know, they cook their own food. They have all the raw meat and stuff like that. And they basically cook it over. And Leah can't eat anything because she doesn't eat pork. Well, and there's it, veggies. Yeah, but they're like, it's gonna. Get, she's like, it's getting mixed. Get because everyone's cooking off of the same thing. It like gets mixed with the pork oil and stuff like that. So it's like, oh yeah. Oh, and then like, Candace and Portia are bonding over they don't like big oysters, and they're like, I can't eat those big oysters because they look like busted vaginas. <laughs> and Portia's like, yeah, you know, because they're full lips. <laughs> I was but like, also like Portia, you ate the big vagina before. So, like, why do you have a problem with the oysters? Well, literally, one, well, one, two things. One, they're not oysters. I thought they're like, the, I can't with these big oysters. They're mussels. <laughs> they weren't oysters. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, the, you know, but also, but uh, Portia being like, I'll have that fish labia. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so we get in, we get, God. We get to Candace now talking about like her issues with Portia and she like, you know, was like when watching Atlanta, I thought like Portia and I would be really good friends and we would get along and then all, and then they get to the table to start eating and Candace starts crying about the stuff. She and, gets out the biggest crying oh, I've ever seen in like, my life. Like comically big. <laughs> it was like something for a fucking it's giant. Like, it's like from screen, screen three where the, the sheriff's hat keeps getting bigger. Yeah. It looked like that with the triangle. It was so, awful. It was like, what is this? And the and Portia was mocking her in the confessional and had the same giant fucking triangle. I like, maybe it's, I think it's like maybe the tie, whatever they had for this tie at this tie place was like, it was also super stiff. Like there was a lot of starch in it. Yeah. It wasn't like bendable. Um, Portia's looked like it was a recreation out of a paper towel. Yeah. And Candace brought up how, like, you know, with the whole fight with Monique and that Portia was, like, on the mo- the times this season on um, Girls Trip, they talked about Bravo Chat Room, that fucking show that nobody fucking watched. Like, <laughs> nobody watched Bravo Chat Room. I mean, we did. Sure. Um, but that, uh, that Portia, you know, was defending Monique and basically was spreading stuff about how, you know, M- Candace was suing her just for th- to get the down payment on her house or whatever. And like, you know, and Portia says like, look, me and Monique were friends and I wanted to help her. And, you know, it was also of a need to help her based off of like, you know, what I experienced on the show when I would get into start fights with people and, and assault people. This um, whole thing pissed me off. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. But, and like, Candace is like, well, you're spreading gossip that's not true, et cetera. It's like, you know, slanderous. And then Giselle, like, they show the clip where Giselle, yeah, does defend Candace in that moment and is like, no, Portia, no, that's not, you know. And Giselle's like, I defended Candace up and down. I defended her at 7-Eleven. I defended her at Whole Foods. At Barnes & Noble. Yeah, it's like, I, my thing is like, yes, and Giselle's acting offended now. It's like, let's be real. You defended Candace because you hated Monique. Even if Monique was wrong in the situation. Also, Giselle Candace, hated Monique. Also, Candace is not upset at you for defending her. So why are you getting mad? She's literally saying, 
Portia, Portia made me upset. Portia, as the host of this show, should have, when she got a statement from Monique, should have reached out to me and gotten a statement so that we both had the equal platform to have our words spoken. Yeah, she, she's like, I'm not, and Portia again, being like, I'm not going to be questioned on this, you know, my journalistic integrity. Portia saying she's a fucking journalist again. Remember that fucking reunion? I'm in the I'm in the business of journalism. <laughs> Bitch, where? Yeah, like it's like it's a gossip. Show note. me the byline. And I love Marisol even being like, you know, it's not it's not like the news show. It's like a fluff opinion show. And Portia's like, offended. It's like she turns to Giselle and says, "Did she say thank you or fuck you?" Like, <laughs> and I love how Candace is like, um, I actually, if you're gonna talk about journalism. I actually have a degree in journalism, so um, you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah. So now we get to the games, and the games were very, like, put together. Uh, They were something. Everyone's in a team based off of their city, except for Portia and Leah, because they only have each other. Right. So they're poor Leah, which (laughs) Leah's like, of course. Um, They could have said Leisha. (laughs) There's, yeah. There were options. Yeah. But no, poor, poor Leah is very indicative of Leah McSweeney's whole stick. They could have said New Atlanta. There were options. I'm just saying. Yeah. So we get to, they play like, so they play Sipak Takra is what it's called. But it's basically like Thai version of volleyball. But they're like, we can't just play volleyball. We have to wear these giant elephant suits. Which like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Pepsi's trying to like, like you know get everyone together and like sort of like actually do this game they play it or whatever i didn't even know who wins um and then they're like okay so it's game number two and the game is called tiny hands and we have these tiny hands and your partner has to like do like reach around and like feed you pad thai with these tiny hands it was like i know i said reach around how else would you say that nope no i was right thank you you. right and like but it's like they're shoving food in their mouth, but there's no like realm in which to like judge this of like how much people have eaten much. And Pepsi's just like, let me weigh it in my hands. <laughs> yeah, that's a very um, objective way to do this. And then we get to the final game, which is spew it or chew it, which is basically you either have to tell the truth about a question asked you or eat a scorpion. <laughs> But not the tail, because that'll kill you. That'll kill you. This Andy Cohen, take notes. That truth or drink game that you play on Watch What Happens Live all the time, this is what you need to be doing. This has stakes. Um, no, it has a stinger. Th- there we go. Um, but, and so they were, both Portia and Giselle later, it's just ways in which to just, like, dig. It's just, like, they're just, like, how can I couch, barely couch, Anything I'm saying right now to this person to like fucking drag them through the mud. So we go through the the games. Uh, Alexia has to rate all three of her act, three of her husbands, including her current one, in bed. And so she says Todd, and then uh, Peter and Frankie's dad, and then Herman. Which yeah, the gay ones last. <laughs> I can't imagine he was great. Bye. He was bye. Yeah, he was gay. Um, <laughs> she says he was bye. Candace is asked whether. Uh, uh, she would fuck, marry, or kill Monique, and she says she would bang Monique to death. Which fair? Um, uh, Giselle is asked who of this group would make the least on OnlyFans, and she said Marisol because Marisol wouldn't get it. 
Um, That's fair. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then, then it just gets like cutting after cutting after cutting question. Like these were innocuous. This was like, so then she asked Leah, of the current cast members of Real Housewives of New York, who would you not bring back for the reboot? And Leah's like, I don't want draw. I'm not casting or whatever. I'm going to eat a scorpion, which I felt was stupid. Just say Ramona. Yeah. You know, we know you don't like Ramona. Like, it's obvious. Um, and then, again, again, really like questions. Porza asked Whitney, name three things Heather's lied about on camera. And Whitney's face is like, Jesus Christ, really? She decides to eat a scorpion as well. And then Portia then asks Heather, who gave you the black eye? (laughs) (laughs) Heather also eats a scorpion. Marisol's then asked who she trusts the least. Call back question to Miami. Um, And then she says Leah because, and then they get into it about like what Leah was saying about Marisol drinking all the time. And it's like, well, you're a recovering alcoholic. So I found it very odd of you to say that or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they do all that. Giselle is then or- organizing a Mardi Gras night. Um, and <laughs> it's like, guys, get ready in 45 minutes. Everyone's like, excuse me? <laughs> Marisol being like, this is like an obstacle course. <laughs> like, Yeah. And so what is this? RuPaul's Drag Race got to get in quick drag. Quick drag. <laughs> they don't know quick drag. Um, they're getting ready though. And, Ale- and we started to see a little bit of dissension between Alexia and Marisol of like, Alexia just kind of being exhausted from being with Marisol this whole trip. And, and which I get like, you know, yeah. eight days with someone, let alone four days at this point. It's like, a, you know, a lot. Um, they all go in the bus to go to the dinner. They wonder, they're trying to see if marijuana is legal in Thailand, <laughs> which apparently it is, but only very recently. At that point of they were filming. So, you know, um, more marijuana. We, we didn't really get into Well, we talked about it like past episodes with Jersey. It's like less marijuana shaming, more, yeah. you know, uh, toke it up. Um, and Giselle is talking about Candace in the, in the uh, Spritter van over. And it's like, you know, I'm this, this annoyed the shit out of me where it's just like, she's like, you know, nothing's ever good enough for Candace in terms of, you know, what I provide in a relationship. And then she just starts like victimizing herself about this Chris stuff and like how she was the victim because Candace told, how dare Candace tell her that you're the reason people don't come forward with sexual assault. Uh, you know, I didn't even say the word sexual assault. You said everything but sexual assault. Yeah. So like, Shut the fuck up. And I love Portia, again, just, like, copying. But also, I loved Alexia being like, yeah, that's right. There's been a couple times this trip where it's, like, it's weird when they don't have the context of these fights that have yeah. happened on this season because they haven't aired yet. Alexia loves to, like, in any conversation, no matter what it is, with the person being like, oh, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, I, I, w- I would be really upset with that. It yeah. like, doesn't matter to the person. She just, like, is, like, very adamant every single time that, like, yeah, if yep. it was me, that would be wrong. Um. And then uh, we get to the uh, the uh, dinner, the Mardi Gras dinner, um, and Giselle kind of talks about some of her backstory of being from New Orleans and like you know, so getting that side, sort of side of her. Um, they get rained on almost immediately at this dinner, but they have like umbrellas at the side to like. I'd have got mad if I had to get away from dinner and leave all of that food on the table. Yeah. Well, so yeah. And then it gets so bad that they eventually leave. Can, can we talk about how at this point the dinners aren't, they're not even trying to act like they're having dinner anymore. I don't think they touched. I don't think I saw anyone at the buff at the barbecue 
eat a bite of food. No wonder Portia has to keep ordering KFC because they're not getting food. Honestly, like they're ju- <laughs> it's just excuses to like fight with each other at this point. Like they were, I mean, like in Salt Lake, they were like, let's just go to a place that just does charcuterie because I mean, we're not really eating. Let's like be real. Like if they tried to do that shit to me and I was sitting at the table, I would just be like, "Can you shut up? I'm eating." Yeah. Like I'm not going to fight with you right now because this chicken is lovely. Yeah. So they do like and Giselle teaches them to do like a dance or whatever with their umbrellas like they're going down Bourbon Street or whatever. It's cute. <laughs> well, and they use the footage from that in the opening credits yeah. for the show. It looks really nice. It's uh, and it, if you've been to uh, New Orleans during Mardi Gras, it's a traditional thing. It's um, very, very cool to be a part of. So I, I, we need to go at some point. Yeah. Um, and so they, uh, so then they decide to play. Well, we're gonna play reasonable or shady. You know, call back to the reasonably shady podcast. You know that podcast. No, I don't. Which one is that? <laughs> the one that Robin ended her career on. Oh, um, yeah, that one. <laughs> um, so, th- again, literally is just an excuse for Giselle to, like, shit on people. Like, not even hiding at this point. She's like, it, so she's like, is it reasonably, reasonable or shady to take credit of another franchise's success when your show was canceled? Which I don't think Alexia was doing. She didn't. She just said they're the only ones that have and come back after eight years and, off. And that she's proud of that. Like, why is that, like, shitting on you? I don't, I don't understand it. But it literally was at the point where it was getting with these questions where Giselle was like, is it reasonable or shady to be a functioning alcoholic and then to, like, and then to cover it up with prop comedy because you're dead inside and you're really upset? Like, <laughs> it, it was at that point where it was just like, holy shit, Giselle, what are you doing? Um, I forgot. They bring up the Leah stuff again at some point of like, oh, is it wrong? Oh, is it? Uh, oh, because she has. Is it reasonable or shady to call someone a bully or whatever when you're some, something about being the, Giselle and Portia didn't like being called bullies or whatever. Uh, and when Candace called them shady one and shady two. Jeez. <laughs> like, which I thought was cute. Um, and they're just all triggered by the word bully, which, you know, I do think it gets overused. But like, you know. You know, I really don't care at the end of the day. Is it reasonable or is it shady to give a book title that you don't believe in? I just... Like, (laughs) I cannot with these questions. And then Whitney, with the again, with her deft hand being like, you know, I just want to give Heather the floor to sort of clear up her journey of leaving the church. Cause there are a lot of inconsistencies. <laughs> That's exactly how she says it, where it's just like, wow, Whitney. <laughs> and then they get into this fight about it. Um, about, uh, and then everybody else is like, I don't care about this shit. Why are we talking about it? Again? I love Alexia being like, <laughs> she's like, she's like piecing it together and just latches on. Like, you know, I, cause Heather says like, I'm, you know, separated from the church, even without the paper. And Alexi's like, Oh yeah. You know, sometimes you don't sign the paper, but you are still walking away from that marriage. And like Heather and Alexia high five, which like, I guess, but like, again, that it was just was... like any time Alexia was like, could latch onto something. She was like, yep, that, um, <laughs> and like, yeah, Candace in her confessional is just like, 
four days of listening to these girls scream about church. Either go or don't. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, Marisol and Portia are also just like, we're over it, guys. Like, this is stupid. Like, and Whitney's just like, I just want Heather to have that that beautiful moment where she can write her name off. And I want to stand right beside her when she, it's like, oh, my God, this is a lot. Um, and then they they um, they're uh, cutting the king cake because they talked about, you know, the king cake before and the fact that, you know, ain't you nobody get, put a baby in there. <laughs> nobody's getting prosperity. But I love Marisol being like, oh, there's no baby in there. It's like my uterus. <laughs> Apparently somebody, never mind. I was going to make a James Kennedy joke, but I'm going to leave it alone. No. <laughs> I want to put a baby in there. No, I'm just talking about King Kennedy. Okay, so you made the joke. Okay. Also, goodbye. that wasn't a James Kennedy. That was like Elvis. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> um, and then, so they, then they leave or whatever. Uh, Heather and Whitney are still riding together in the bus and Giselle and Portia are like, I don't get that. Like, if I don't fuck with somebody, I wouldn't want to be kumbaya the next day. And then Portia's like, I wonder what they're talking about in the other bus. And it just cuts to Leah asking Heather, do you like anal? (laughs) And they're just like, no. Candace is like, the only time I ever tried it, he was really small. So, like, no. Like, well, she clarified it. I think she, like, she wasn't talking about Chris. Wouldn't that make it more comfortable? Yes. This is not that kind of podcast. I was going to say something, but you don't need to know. You don't need to know. Oh my god! (laughs) We'll talk about it offline. Offline. (laughs) Um. So they're all like they get back to the villa and they're decompressing, and then Whitney like sort of still like feeling herself with a couple drinks because Whitney was also really drunk at the the New Orleans thing. Was like, guys, let me finish. Let me finish a sentence. Like slurring and like like all that. And then Whitney in her confessional just be like, well, these are the three lies that Heather has told on Candace. She's like, I'm, at, I'm answering Borsa's question after that. She lied about who gave her the black eye, not knowing who gave her the black eye. She was never friends with Lisa Barlow, and she hasn't left the Mormon church. How about that? It's like, oh, my God, Whitney. <laughs> like, Whitney is just like, I, I, I want them to be friends again. I also just don't care at this point. I need, a, I need time away from Salt Lake. But at this point, it's like, there is like, Whitney is definitely burning a lot of the bridge in terms of, at least now, like, of just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to, you know. But I can understand why she wouldn't, like, after, like, I don't feel like she has a reason to give a shit anymore. Heather's acting crazy. Don't get me wrong. Like, Heather is like, but like, Heather has no redemption right now and is not seeking it. I really hope with Jen gone that they can figure something out. Maybe, it's like, but I feel like Heather feels like she has to be head bitch now. Yeah, I really, I, I think Heather, I need Heather in a therapy session real quick on this show. Like to like, like, I think she's really, she's willing to talk about like the Mormonism generally, but she's not really like, to talk about like sort of her low self-esteem and how that's manifesting in like other realms in terms of like the show. And I feel like that's where you're going to fix things more than, more than anything. Um, She needs to fix herself before she tries to fix things with Whitney. Yes. But I also need time away from them at this point. Cause it's just like, it's, I'm kind of sick. Can they have a season off 
and go fix things and then come back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> essentially, I can, I you know, the way they're delaying the start of OC for some fucking reason at this point, where they're not releasing the trailer for some reason. Give us the trailer. Uh, like I need that with Salt Lake. It's like you can take a you can take a month or two uh, more. Um, but yeah, that was Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip for this week. Really good episode. Um, just fun, good time. Not too much to like overanalyze and, and worry about, but just real fun stuff with these ladies. All right. So once again, tops and bottoms for this episode. We got Jersey. We got Vanderpump. We got Ultimate Girls Trip Thailand. Yes. What you thinking? Um, I'm going to give my top for this episode to Allie. I actually, th- I felt really bad for Allie this episode in a mm. way that really endeared me to her. But I also have been appreciating the way she is. She did. She isn't blinded by things. Like she's very much standing up for herself in certain ways, and is like willing to voice her opinions. And like, I I think she's not like like I think James thinks that she's a little more naive and dumb, and part of why he, you know, is attracted to her in that way. But I think she's very smart, and I think like she knows, she knows what she's doing at the end of the day. Yeah, and and she is coming off very sympathetic in these moments, like what happened at the dinner at the end of the episode and all that stuff. Um, so I'm 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 liking her. Um, my bottom for this week is also from Vanderpump Rules, and it's gonna go to Raquel. I was so I found Raquel so dubious this episode with this. I what we talked about of the whole like this plot and like because it's clear. I'm just saying it's a plot. It's clearly a plot. Yeah. It's so obvious what they were trying to do to sort of like put the scent off of her and Sandoval and it's gross and it's disgusting. And not only is she in in the whole process of this hiding this thing that really damages Ariana, but she was also doing it like to flaunt things in the face of Katie when Katie had at a certain point, even forgiven her and tried to like actually go forward with her. Like, it's just so gross. It's, it's really disgusting. Um, she's not the dumb, innocent one that she wants to portray herself to be by any stretch of the imagination. What do you think, babe? Um, well, I think my, I think my top for the week is going to go to Lala. Yeah. Um, I just really loved how she seems to be zeroing in on things. Mm. The fuck Raquel train (laughs) is, um, It's a good train to be on. It's a good train to be on unless your name is Tom Sandoval. In which case, how fucking dare you? Um, but she's uh, she is conducting that train and is shoveling all the the coal into the steam engine that she can. Um, and it is full steam ahead. It is so much fun to be on this train with her. Um, and she's. It seems like there's like maybe a a glint of recognition, like. And how she's zeroing in on Raquel. Yeah. She seems to understand that something is going on, but she doesn't, I don't think that she consciously knows yet that something is going on. And when she does, it's going to be epic. (laughs) And I cannot wait. Um, My bottom for the week is a double header. Okay. It is going to. Louis and Teresa. Yeah. I I want so much to believe that Louis is doing everything he can to help Teresa be the best version of herself that she can be. 
He fucked up majorly this episode. Real, real big fuck up. It was real bad. And she also fucked up majorly. Not due to his fuck up. Sure. Um, because she fucked up. She could do bad all, all by herself <laughs> or whatever that quote is. Yeah. Um, and she, she did it supremely. Both of them showed their ass this episode. And it just, it really, I have a lot more hope for Louie than I do for Teresa uh, at the end of this episode. But I still think both of them performed extremely poorly. Yeah. Um, uh, and they've got some redemption to earn. I want them to fix it so bad. I don't think they will, though. Considering where we know things are now after the filming. Um, yeah. I just, I don't see it getting better. Um, so that's where I'm at. Um, yeah. Uh. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.